Stride K-12 powered schools are ready to put over 20 years of being a leader in online education to work for you. Dive into curriculum designed for the online classroom. Team up with state certified teachers nice. trained in virtual instruction. Take control of your child's education journey. Discover the power of personalized learning with a leader experienced in preparing kids for a future they can be excited about. Take charge. Stride K-12. Enroll now for the fall. Hello, good evening. Welcome to another live edition of the BCSN Sports Wrap. I'm Brian Fulford, and joining me is not A.D. Drew, but it's my good friend, our good friend of the program, Jamie Walker. Jamie, good to see you. How you doing tonight? Man, I'm doing great. How are you? Man, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. It's a good weekend. I made it through the first week of school, uh, even though it was the first, it was, it was abbreviated three days of school and uh i made it i made it now here comes the here comes the fun part monday (laughs) (laughs) i know Uh, how was how was the start of school for you man we going into the third week now man so it's um yeah man it's already yeah we already catching on man you know the kids are you know almost acclimated to being back in school so we're, we're we're in a special place man but you know, between this and coaching, man, it, it it's been um it's been rough, man. I uh took a position where I'm where I'm actually a, a middle school football coach. Uh well, I've been doing that, you know, anyway. I've been on a varsity level, middle school level, uh just kind of going back, giving back, you know, things of that nature. So took this position because it's close to the house. Um and and it's one of those things that I miss coaching um, yeah. just a little bit, so I could do it on a scale where I could still do all the nine hundred jobs that I already have, um, and coach too, scratch the edge of coaching. So that's been a challenge so far. Um, yeah, stressful because uh, <laughs> when you go to a new place, man, people do things a little bit different. So mm-hmm. as far as administratively, so just getting back into the groove of that, man. That, that's all. Oh man, God, God bless you, man. I I know that. Yeah, the first the first year coaching at a new place, uh, whether you're in charge or not, it, it is it is different. And uh, the less the less control you have, yeah, makes it even sometimes a little more stressful. So, uh, you know, hey man, just uh, keep keep your head down, be positive, even in the places where that negativity rolls around, you know, just, uh, it will get better. It will get yes. better. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Man. Hey, man, but, more, you know, we talked about this uh, in, in pre-show, man. I had to go get a massage yesterday, man. You know, I had to go, had to go, you know, just kind of chill out and get away for a while, man. That, that, that's that's stressful, huh? That's yeah, stressful. Yeah. yeah, man, I had to go, you know, be taken care of. So, you know, that was a good <laughs> thing, man. Typically, <laughs> I reserve that to the to the wife and, you know what I'm saying, relatives, things of that nature. But, hey, had to get off my feet. You know, just be away for about an hour. So, you know, mentally anyway. So now, it was now, it was a good thing. So now with with the massage, is this the is this the full body? Is this the upper body, the shoulders, the arms, the feet? I mean, what are you talking? 30 minutes, an hour, deep tissue. Break it down for the people, Jamie. Deep tissue back massage, man. I had a, you know, uh um uh, bottom heavy, so legs. Um, I don't let hardly anyone touch my feet. So, um, you know, it looked like bad road. Uh, <laughs> and I'm always on them. So, um, but otherwise, yes, man, deep tissue, bad massage. I feel, I feel good. I feel rejuvenated, you know, but, but like you just said, Monday is coming. So um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. Is that now this location and obviously like they didn't pay us, so you don't have to say where it is, but is this the first time you've been to this location? Or you've been there before, and I, no, I, I've, been I never... I've been to this particular person before, man. Um, okay, okay. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. She she does great work. Does great work. I'll I'll even you know send you as a reference, man. Yeah, we, we'll talk about that off air. Oh, hey, <laughs> there you go, there you go. All right, hey, <laughs> hey. Uh, want to give a quick shout out to a few people. Tamra T jumping in. Hey, yes. Uh, obviously, AD is not with us today, but obviously, Tamra T. First one in the building. Shout out to you, obviously. Uh, appreciate you jumping in. Chuck Hunt coming in on Facebook early, checking in from Monroe, Louisiana. Good to see you, Chuck. Mary305 jumping in. Good to see you, Mary. Uh, Jeremiah Clark jumps in. Good to see you. Uh, Mary says school starts in Miami this Thursday. So y'all got a whole nother week in Miami for school. Mm. So Orange County. Orange and Seminole County in the Orlando area started uh, this past Thursday. I started Wednesday. I'm in a private school. So, yeah, Miami, huh? All next week. Wow. Man, mm. good. Hey, man, and enjoy. Enjoy that. Enjoy that time and uh, get ready for them children, as they, as they say. Uh, Walter Harley, good to see you checking in. The Livingston College Blue Bears. You know, Walter, we're going to be talking over-unders in the second hour of the show. I'd love for you to set a line for us. We, 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 this one, this week is Division One. Next week we'll get into the weeds and try to do Division Two. But Walter, when we get to that segment, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Give us an over under. Uh, how many? What should the expected win total for the Living College Blue Bears be? Uh huh. Uh, ODB, give us a shout out. Oh, Aggie Pride. Yeah. That's right, Aggie Pride. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, I want to thank everybody for <clears throat> jumping in on Facebook and on YouTube, however you're watching us, maybe even on Twitter. Uh, it's, I, we still call it Twitter, Jamie. I, I don't know how long we'll call it Twitter. Uh, I, I still type in Twitter.com, and that's what comes up. So I, I guess for that period of time, we'll still call it Twitter. Hey, uh, in the famous words of, of um, Eddie Murphy, Mighty Shop, his mama call him Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. <laughs> so they call it Twitter. I'm going to call it Twitter. I, call yeah. it, I start on Twitter, but keep calling it Twitter. Right, right. Uh, make sure you're following us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, 
and Twitter at MyBCSN1, the number one. You can also download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app on the Google Play and Apple App Store, MyJBN, MyBCSN. We are a part of the Jericho Broadcast Networks and uh, the Black College Sports Network. And something new that we just rolled out and debuted are JBN memberships for those on YouTube. Uh, Three different levels of support that you can support uh, our network. And here's what we're going to try to do. No, no, I say try, Jamie, but we are going to do. Uh, Especially we're going to have some exclusive content uh, that we're going to drop for just the members especially when it gets into the football season, you're going to want to be a part of this because you're going to want to be a part of these post-game shows. You know, we're going to get a chance to really open up and uh, talk post-game every Saturday, every Saturday night and afternoon with uh, with post-game shows featuring all of our our hosts, our guests. Uh, some, of, some folks will be out covering games uh, as we have various games that we do, uh, we'll cover. And uh, probably next week we'll release that uh, Black College Sports Network schedule. I think that'll be on next week's show. And uh, we'll kind of tell you where we'll be this year. But uh, looking forward to doing the post-game shows and maybe even some other features, uh, some first watch opportunities, and even uh, what I'd like to say, some discounts on merchandise. You know, Jamie, we're going to try dropping out some merch, maybe even some polos like, oh, wait, wrong chest. Even some polos <laughs> like this, you know, maybe some T-shirts and other things like that. But more importantly, we just want to thank everyone for the support. Uh, 25 years is a long time to be doing something. And, uh, you know, we've, 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 we've come a long way. And, you know, this, this, is a, this is a grind. And we're still not where we want to be. And so that's why we created this membership with the hopes that those of you who watch us on the regular, that you'll you'll jump in the pool with us, man. You know, come on in. Come on in and take a swim with us. And uh, we, we appreciate your support in any way. So right there on YouTube, any of you folks on YouTube watching or the folks maybe you're watching on another platform, when you find some time, bump over to YouTube and join the JBN membership. All right, so coming up at the bottom of the hour, here's what the show looks like. Uh, Erica Rochelle is going to be joining us. She's one of the co-hosts of HBCU Nightly and also a new podcast that will be coming out soon called X's and O's with uh, Joshua Sims and uh, our guy, uh, DJ. Um, So, you know, that'll be an interesting uh, podcast. We'll get a chance to talk with her. Uh, she's a Howard grad. Not gonna hold that against her, but uh, mm-hmm. that's uh, just just a part of what we want to get into talking with her about. And uh, we will we will share a little of that news and what she's working on. And then in hour number two, over unders, Jamie. You know, for those of us who partake in the fine arts of uh, recreational gambling, uh, <sighs> those people who do that. Um, win totals, conference win totals is something that is put out by a lot of the books, sports books. And, you know, every major conference has them. Rarely do we see them at the, at our level, Jamie. And and I think a lot of times it's because, uh, there's a lack of knowledge, lack of information. And I think some things have come out and we'll talk about this. When you look at some of the predictive, analytics regarding 
what people think teams will do this season. Uh, it, it'll surprise you. And it surprised me. And so when we go through these Division One teams, the 21 of them, uh, there will be some numbers that many of you will say, what? No way. Yeah, way. That's what the computers say. So <laughs> it's uh, it'll be interesting. But uh, let's get into some of the news from the past week, Jamie. And we got to start with the heat. As, as Chuck Hunt already jumps in and says, yeah, Chuck, uh, the temperatures in Monroe have been 104 degrees. Uh, what, what's it been like in the A, uh, Jamie? Man, listen, um, I'm already preparing to practice indoors tomorrow. Um, okay. It, yeah, it was um, it, it it was crazy here today. Uh, I I don't ever recall seeing a heat warning pop up on the phone, um, like a like a severe thunderstorm warm, warning or or anything of that nature. But it sure did, and so I just had to kind of analyze like how long that's supposed to be lasting. And it literally is three days this week. This is happening. So yeah, it's been blazing. Um, was out and about. You know, earlier today and uh, I with a wife, we were running around, but it was hot and it was hot, considerably hot this morning. Um, you know, even at 10 o'clock in the morning, it was it was, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty hot out there. So, you know, if you didn't do anything before 11 a.m., um, best bet is you needed to stay in the house. So, yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah. Uh, Demetri Offer checks in Tallahassee with a heat index been around 110 to 112 all week. Obviously, I'm in Orlando. I can tell you going outside from one building to the next, you know, there is like no cool air out mm. there. It, it is just it really is suffocating. I, I watch our football guys out there working and I'm I mean, you know, some guys were complaining uh, in class. That the field smelled like fish. I don't know why the field smelled like fish. But uh, let's just say that's not a good sign. Uh, no. <laughs> no, it's not. And so, but the heat index has been really, really humid all across the country. Um, and so one of our, one of the top stories that hit the wires this earlier this week was the situation going on at Albany State University uh, on Wednesday. And I'm reading right here from uh, the HBCU game day wire. Wednesday, August 9th, six players from Albany State University Golden Rams football team experienced fatigue-related symptoms during practice. Student athlete, The student athletes were immediately transported to a Phoebe, Phoebe Putney Memorial Hospital for treatment and are recovering. Um, you know, I went to take a look at the – first off, when you hear six – any kind of, uh, I mean, when you hear six, I mean, that's, that's a high number, right? What, what, what instant thoughts come through your head, Jamie? And, and have, do you recall hearing of that many guys in one particular setting? No, not in one practice. Um, I think you're, you're dealing with guys and, and without knowing who they are um, and, and, you know, uh, when you're dealing with different positions, different sizes, different people in general, um, you could kind of get a, a sense of what was going on, maybe position group, you know, things of that nature. But it's been hot. Uh, Albany is a hot part of the state. When you're talking about even Tallahassee and, you know, you bring up towns, you're talking about South Georgia. 
um, and it is uh, it is heated. But also, this is a different coaching staff um, than has been there before. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, even though it is a heat wave, uh, I think there there may be some things going on that they're not accustomed to workout wise. Uh, you're talking about, you know, going from Coach Gabe Gardena to Coach Gwen, um, Quinn Gray. Uh, and, and so when you're talking about, you know, maybe their style of, of um, coaching when it comes to conditioning, it may be different than something they have to get accustomed to. But this is what every football team kind of deals with, the acclimation of conditioning the body from going from not playing into heat. Um, and, and it's difficult to do because the only way to get accustomed to it is actually be in it. And so, of course, you have to monitor, you know, what goes on with body dehydration levels, things of that nature. I'm going to also throw something out there as well, um, you know, in the COVID era and depending on what, you know, what happened with the bodies in the last few years, you know, you never know what what things we have to get accustomed to um, in relation to athletics anymore, because we are seeing now the possibility of different things going on, not necessarily with, ne- with with treatment of COVID, but just having the virus in general and what athlete, how that's um, impacting athletics. So I'm not sure if that, you know, in particular applies to this situation, but we are learning some things when it comes to athletics in general and just six people at, at you know, the same practice. That's a lot, um, but not surprising as well. It's been hot and hopefully it is just related to the heat. But we've also, you know, on a Division One level, had a player, you know, um, pass away. Now, um, you know, the coach said it wasn't football related. Where was that at again? Where I think was... Liberty. I think Liberty. Oh, yes. Um, yes, I remember, I remember hearing about that, yeah. So, you know, we don't have many details when it comes to that. They just, you know, talked about a football player passing away. But we're finding out things that we're getting more information uh, on what our athletes are at this point, because you're talking about the likes of Bronny James, for example, and yeah. his situation in a workout. We got to monitor things a little different than we used to. Uh, I even, you know, heard somebody talk about um, bring back historically the Junction Boys uh, back in the '50s, and talking about <laughs> Texas A&M and 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 um, it, those that saw the documentary know knows you can. There's no way you could do that to today's. No, day. no, no, that'll never no, happen. No, you 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 be in jail. Uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, you know, I don't care if you're Bear Bryant or not, but, um, it's, it's just one of those things where, um, I'm sure that staff, um, and, and, you know, the school and trainers and things that nature will monitor that situation closely, but you just have to look out for players and look out for player safety because it is paramount, um, regardless of how much football we want to look at. I did go back and look at the heat. Uh, the weather in Albany that week. Um, now, what's interesting, and look, I'm I'm no doctor. I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn uh, yesterday or any day this week. So just I, I'm just pointing out when you go. And my first thought is, hey, go look. What was the weather like? Well, okay, yeah, Monday in Albany, they probably had their high of the week, which was 95 degrees at, at noon. Um, I don't know. Mm. Now, first off, I don't know what time. Albany State practices. Okay, let me preface that. And I don't know if you do either. Uh, but, you know, let's just maybe they're practicing at some time in the morning or in the afternoon. Uh, I know there's some schools that practice very early before the sun or as the sun is coming up, right? Um, so uh, 95 was the high on Monday, Tuesday, 93. That's that same time, about noon. 
Wednesday on the day when all this happened, when these six players actually were hospitalized, it was 90 degrees. That was the high uh, at uh, at noon. And, and just kind of looking at the humidity at 62% around that time, very little wind it looks like, you know, I don't know what all that means, Jamie, but, you know, and then it, it crept up to 91 on Thursday, dropped to 82 on Friday. So I, could be uh, a chain reaction from earlier in the week. But, yeah, that, that kind of news makes you uh, really examine everything that you're doing. Um, I heard a good discussion on the Carlos Brown show from Saturday. Uh, if you guys didn't get a chance to check that out, that's available on on podcast form, BCSN Pod Zone, or you can right here on this YouTube channel. You can find it uh, as well. You can even go check out uh, the Carlos Brown Show on Facebook. But they, they, and there's a perspective where you got former administrators, former coaches, and they talk about, you know, how you get prepared. And, and Quinn Gray is from Florida. He's coaching Florida, so it's not like he's doesn't know how to. Uh, 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 prepare a team in in hot weather, but uh, yeah, when you have six, it does make you question all your pre checks, and so I'm sure that sent alarms throughout the entire SIEC as everybody is kind of doing a check and saying, "Okay, um, are we good? I mean, we're, what are our guys doing? What are we doing? What are, what is our our medical staff need?" Uh, things of that nature, because uh, the last thing you want to do is uh, is have a guy, uh, as you mentioned, sadly, like what happened over at Liberty University, and and that's a school that has you've seen they they they've got facilities out the wing. I mean, their, their facilities, what they're building over at Liberty, is ridiculous. So hey, regardless of income and what your school produces, this kind of thing can hit you because you're dealing with humans and and people. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, now there's a great question here by uh, Demetra. Yeah, I, I don't know if that includes the heat index. So, you know what, that's a great question, Demetra. Uh, I was looking for that. It did not say what the heat index was earlier uh, that week. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's something. I, it's, it, it's, it's something, Jamie, when you talk about uh, what's happening out there. So, um, let's uh, let's uh, let's kind of move forward with uh, some other news. Some news regarding your your Aggies, the uh, North Carolina got some North Carolina A and T Aggie news. Uh, we'll start with some football related news first, as it looks like the University of North Carolina and North Carolina A and T agree to play some future football contests. Uh, Steve Gaither dropped this on uh, HBCU Game Day just last week. Uh, it looks like the Aggies are going to get about 430k to travel a few counties over to take on the North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, that game will be in 2028. Uh, so yeah, about a good five years from now. Uh, who knows what'll be what you know? Who who knows what life will look like in in that period of time? But um, uh, it says, uh, however, there is a clause that agrees. So the out, that, despite the game being set on that date, there is a clause that agrees to move the game to week zero of that season, which would be August 26th of that year. Uh, so that opportunity 
is there. Uh, week zero move is dependent on television as current bylaws state, NCAA bylaws state that FCS programs can only play those games if televised nationally. Uh, of course, FAMU played a week zero game last year on TV at North Carolina. So uh, that was the opportunity. Uh, and they have to decide that a year before. Jamie, what are your thoughts on your Aggies taking? Is there anybody from the state of North Carolina that you wish your Aggies would play that they haven't played? Oh, haven't. Wow. Great question. Um, because I think we've pretty much gotten around to everyone. Um, in, in fact, in that same story, or I think in another one, um, you know, in the next three or four years, they're making the rounds in the state, which I think um, was I, I was going to kind of, you know, state uh, the obvious for me is, hey, you get on a bus and go make 430 grand. Because um, literally you're talking about an hour and a half down the road. Um, so, so I think, Hey, it, it's a no brainer, especially if you're going to play, um, though, those, you know, power five teams, um, you know, you, you're talking about not costing a lot as far as expenses are concerned, uh, go ahead. And I think, you know, knowing, you know, head coach Vincent Brown, he wants to take on all comers, uh, regardless of, of, of what it is, because he wants to build a program in that way. So I think, you know, playing an in-state foe. Um, you know, someone that's highly regarded in, in, in state, you know, they, they have a good football team, uh, fam, you played them close last year. Well, let me rephrase that. They played them well last year, um, especially yeah. in the beginning. Uh, but, but, um, yeah, I, I think it's a no brainer, especially if you have that offer, you're right there. Hey, go ahead and put that money in your pockets and keep building that war chest. But yeah, I, I think it's just fine. Uh, have you guys played Wake Forest? Um, I do not remember playing Wake Forest. I Here's actually kind of think they are coming up. Yeah, I think that Wake Forest matchup is actually coming up. That's right down the road as well um, in Winston-Salem. So um, I think that would be a good matchup. I actually think that matchup is coming up. Um, you know, I, I know that you're talking about playing State as well, um, North Carolina State. So I, I think if you're playing opponents right there around the area, the check is good enough and you have – um, the want to play that competition. Hey, why not? Why not? Um, and you see, you know, what they're doing as far as the clauses are concerned, that being able to move up to week zero and mm-hmm. um and being on national TV. So it's kind of, you know, especially with them being in the Coastal Um Athletic Association now, now that they made the name change, of course. Um, you you know, you're you're one of the, you know, within the top three um conferences in FCS. So, so it's kind of like, you know, why not? Um, you and also play. think about it from the other side, the ACC. Yeah. I mean, how how big is that? Look, that who knows what that conference could be looking like. I mean, they could they could move to a nine game schedule. Uh, heck, they could even move to, who knows to a ten game. I I'm just you know who knows what that schedule and what that conference could look like in five years. So uh, having that game potentially in week zero makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Makes perfect sense uh, because you have the eyes of America. You know, I, I, I'm just thinking about everything that's occurred uh, within the last couple of weeks in relation, not even just the, the college football and, and talking about realignment and how people have been chomping at the bit. You're just talking about some kind of college football news. 
Okay, so Wake and 20. Yeah, I knew it was coming up. So, yeah, they're making the rounds, um, you know, playing different opponents within the state. You know, A&T has beaten East, the likes of East Carolina before. Uh, yep. That's the famous, you know, Sam Washington get my money game. Yes. You know, so, yes. so you know, it, it's, you know, A&T's never backed down from a challenge. So it's one of those things that, hey, go ahead and play that, 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 that you know, FBS talent. Why not? Why not? And it's in state, right up the street. Get on a bus. Go, go, you know, handle your business. Make that, money. Check. Make that yeah, money. Exactly. Get it all. Get it all. But, get, you know, it, it's just some different things going on. But I like the moves. I like the moves. Uh, one other Aggie football-related note. Uh, this I saw from HBCU Legends. And uh, Mason Smith uh, brought this up, that, the, uh, that your former defensive line coach, I think it's Terrell uh, or Terrell Williams, uh, who was a D line coach from I believe ninety uh, nine to two thousand and one. Uh, he was actually the one of the assistant coaches with the Tennessee Titans. Well, Mike Vrabel gave him the duties of head coach uh, on Saturday, and so Williams is forty nine. He's had a twenty year career in football, spanning from college to the NFL. Um, and so he led that team. I, I was, what, how'd that game go? I, I wasn't paying attention to who, I know it was a lot of points scored. Yeah, it was. Um, I'm not sure if they lost that game and I don't know what the final score was, but it was a lot of points when I did, um, yeah. did tune in, but I would just go ahead to say this, man. There are some NFL coaches that get it, um, to me. If one of your problems is that, there's not enough minority representation at the head coaching level in the NFL, then as much as we – I'm trying to phrase this correctly because we don't want, you know, just, just anything thrown at us just to say we're trying. Uh, but I do think there are coaches within those ranks that get it, such as a Kyle Shanahan who in the past you looked at his staff – you're talking about, you know, people off his staff getting head coaching jobs within the last few years, like a Robert Sala, uh, who's of Lebanese descent, um, who's of um, um, D'Amico Ryans, who's down at, for the Texans now, who's gotten a head coaching job. Um, you know, people on that staff, um, a Dan Campbell in Detroit, uh, who, who, you know, is working for a general manager. That's an Aggie as well. Um you know, look at his staff up and down. You're talking about black coordinators who, again, I think is really the, the the catalyst to becoming head coaches is to get those coordinator spots to prove, you know, I won't say prove your worth, but just more so of anything, just getting in the room. And so when you have those kinds of, of, of practices where there's some attention brought to the problem, and trying to find ways to solve the problem or increase um, black coaches within those ranks. I like what Mike Vrabel did, and I appreciate just the effort in general, regardless of what may, you know people may think of it or may think it's just a symbolism move or, or just being symbolic. Hey, you're trying, and that's all I can ask for. Well said. Well, uh, coming up after this short break, our first guest, uh, Miss Erica Rochelle will join us, and we look forward to talking with her right on the other side. So let's go ahead and take a quick break, come back uh, with Erica, and uh, find out a little bit about 
what is South by Southwest and how HBCUs can find their way into this wonderful conference that happens every year in Austin, Texas. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap right here on the Black College Sports Network. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I have in me the ability to make you a better you. So if you work hard, focus, stay on point, you can do anything. Trust me. We made this track. Tell everybody they can follow their dreams. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational. Powerhouse. Intelligent and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers Voice. Kevers Voice. Kevers Voice dot com. Always on. All the time. When we invest in ourselves, our glow, our vision, our vibe, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. Remember the revival? Relive the remix. Reunite for the Orange Blossom Classic. HBCU reunion experience. It's year three, baby, and we back with that fire. Calling all HBCU fans. Labor Day weekend. The I love Jackson State University takes on the venomous Florida A&M University. Tickets are on sale now. Watch the game in premium style seating or watch it from a luxury suite. And of course, you know the halftime show. It's going to be epic right here in the 305. The sonic boom of the South and the illustrious Marching 100. Who you rocking with? The 2023 Orange Blossom Classic. Don't miss the HBCU reunion experience. Labor Day weekend, Miami Gardens, Florida, Hard Rock Stadium. Trust me, we'll see you there. Oh, oh, oh. Check out orangeblossomclassic.com for tickets and info. All right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and Jamie here, and it's a pleasure to be joined by Miss Erica Rochelle. Erica, how you doing? We got you on. There we go. How you doing uh, this after? I guess evening, afternoon. How you doing? I'm good. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's definitely good to uh, good to see you again. Haven't seen you since Celebration Bowl. Uh, mm-hmm. That was, that, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. So uh what what's what's the latest and greatest? What is what's happening with uh of course for those who don't know, let me give a proper introduction here. Is Erica, of course, is the co-host of HBCU Nightly, uh, which uh you can uh 
I, I think every Wednesday night, might even be more than Wednesday, but every Wednesday evening on Twitter Spaces, uh, you can you can uh, find HBCU Nightly. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with with what Twitter Spaces is, it's like a honestly, it feels like a radio show on the internet. That's the best description I can give. That's a great description. Great. Yeah. It, it feels like a radio show. I love radio shows. So radio show on the internet, on Twitter. Uh, so you have to get on. Uh, actually, now they have it accessible on the mobile app or, you know, or the web. Uh, however you get on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it. But just jump in. Great discussion by a great team of people that uh, you, Joshua Sims, and and I mean, anybody who's anybody is in there. All I, the people. Yeah, you know, we end up doing, we do a show on Wednesday night, so I, I end up coming in late and catching the the, the, the last hour or the evening editions, uh, but uh, good stuff. And, and then also, new podcast that Erica will be a part of, along with uh, BJ Jones and Joshua, X's and O's. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. That premieres, that's at the start of the season. So we have a couple weeks before we get that underway. Um, but as Brian said, yeah, co-host of HBCU Nightly. It's so much fun. Josh is the, is the host and the curator. And every week, Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, we just talk ball. And it's a lot of fun. Um, we have Miak and Swack represented. Um, you know, Josh went to Central. I went to Howard. And uh, we just have a lot of fun. Also, I do... Um, separate shows just for those who are Howard athletics enthusiasts. We've had a couple good years in a lot of different sports. Yes. Uh, so it's been really exciting for basketball, for all the Olympic sports, football's coming along. We are, we are very high um, on our football team this year. So I oh, think yeah. Oh, it's yeah. going to be very interesting. Oh yeah. Uh, your, uh, your head coach made, uh, made some interesting comments. Um, I think we're, it was it prior to media day what was his comments about wanting to have a championship or what, what exactly were the comments that, that, that made headlines that got people excited. It was definitely well before media day, but I think the blog that interviewed him waited a bit to like really put it out, which was smart. Um, he said that there should have been a championship game. Um, you know, central won the head to head, but, you know, we both ended the conference four and one. And as me and Josh argue about all of the time, the team Central struggled quite mightily with. We did not struggle at all. So, um, you know, save for a really. Fired. You said what? Dots fired. <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, save for a really poor, you know, first quarter. Um I think that game could have been a little closer. So I think I would have liked to have seen a second matchup between our two teams. Um, you know, Trey Oliver took a different approach, a little shadier of an approach, but that's all right. Um, you know, we heard it. And Jamie, you're shaking it. your head. You're shaking your head. You you agree that Trey's response was uh was a bit was a bit low? No, um, he didn't throw he he didn't throw shade, he threw the entire tree. Um indeed. He he did. It was yeah. He he did basically saying why in the world do we want to play again? He talked about the score and the game. So 
you know, saying he didn't need it. So this is going to be an interesting year in that game. I want to be there. I really, really do. Josh will be sitting with me. (laughs) I already have have season tickets with my dad. Um, We've had season tickets since 1992. It's our special thing we do together. Um, And so, you know, I thought for a team that's the Black College National Champs and, you know, undisputed, it felt like a lot of preoccupation <laughs> with our rings and our co-championship, but who am I? Um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. We'll see in November. It'll be great. Um, you know, the 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 MEAC, what what I love about I, I think it's it's refreshing, uh, especially with you and Josh being MEAC people in the space that you have and the great audience that you have bringing light to the MEAC in a way that, because I, I think, and, and I don't know, and Jamie, you, you're kind of also in a situation where you kind of get a chance to kind of hear the noise. I, I Maybe because my family Rattlers are in the SWAC now and that there just feels like the SWAC steps in the room and kind of takes the air out, but they're really, how would you say? And I don't know whether that is because, you know, now it's larger. The swag went from 10 to 12 and who is a part of the 12 now, or um, it's just the flow of college football or the fact that A&T is no longer in the MEAC. You know what I'm saying? It, it could be all of these factors, which, so it's, it, it's refreshing. I think to be able to have like, Hey, we, I can take my eyes off the swag. And there are so many interesting storylines and just, the, just so many different interesting things with the MEAC that we can talk about. I mean, the fact that you have a non-conference season, which is really bigger than the conference season, and really, it when when you when we get down to the to the to the end of the year, we start looking at everybody's record at the end of the season. It's what the MEAC teams do in their non-conference, probably. That's going to shape people's opinions about them. Absolutely, yes. Because we start the MEAC season very late. I think our first MEAC game is homecoming for Howard. That's Norfolk State, October 21st, right? You know, the SWAC is well into the SWAC season by October 21st, right? So I think for Howard, you know, we lost to Hampton. Unfortunately, that's awful every season. Oh, God. We lost to Hampton, um, although we... We came back mightily at the end. Um, that Yale game should have been a victory. That Alabama State game should have been better than what it was. Um, we all remember, um, you know, the rain delays and all that kind of stuff. Like, that wasn't great for us. Um, so, you know, by the time we get to MEAC play, we're already one and whatever, and everybody thinks we're trash. Huh. And then we run through the MEAC, and now it's like Howard has something to say. Um yeah. But I also think the MEAC is really just like uh, a knockdown, drag out conference. But we, I don't think we highlight ourselves and our stories as well as the SWAC does. But I think we low key have a more successful football product than the SWAC head to head. So can't argue, can't argue, can't argue it right now. You know, we don't necessarily go into the spaces talking big. And I think the SWAC, they have these rivalries that are really interesting. 
with the MIAC kind of condensing some of our natural rivals have kind of like, you know, we still play them, but they're not for like MIAC things, right? Um, so the dynamic has changed, but I think the quality of the football hasn't. And so um, I just think we have a very different culture. And I think something we can learn from the SWAC a bit is really how to highlight highlight ourselves a little bit more, not like take the air out of the room type of thing. But, you know, we have something to offer that's really great, too. True that. Uh, Jamie, before, feel free to jump in anytime. But I, since, since Erica already brought it up, I got to ask you about the Howard Hampton thing. Um, when 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 do you think that you guys will earn that H back? Uh, in that series, I'm, I'm just kind of I've well, asked we, questions. We, we ran a string of like five victories over them, like from like 2012 to 17 or 11 to 16, something like that. There was right. one graduating class that did not beat Howard University from Hampton Institute. I tell you that right now. Okay. So, um, you know, this year I think will be the year that we, um, you know, push it over the top. Um, I have particular feelings that they don't come to Green Stadium to play. I know we're playing them at Audi Field. They have not been to Green since like 2016, 2017. Uh, really? Okay. Indeed. Okay. I have just like the basketball team, Hampton Institute's basketball team has not been to the Burr since like 2018, 2019. That's a problem. But they're coming in November. Um, so I'm very excited. We always go to Hampton. They never come to us. And I want that home sounds home. like some that sounds like some Hampton ish. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Hampton folks out there. I'm sorry, I got family who went to Hampton, so I, I'm I can I feel like I can say that, but go ahead. I mean, we you have know. three generations of Howardites in my family, and my brother went to Hampton Institute. Wow, so it's a very personal thing for us. And a lot of my best friends, you know, I'm from Richmond, Virginia. A lot of my best friends. Okay. So, you know, I take the beef real personal. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you do. Um, And and I'm glad to actually have a conversation. Listen, you are one of the the funniest follows on on Twitter ever. Uh, Because you don't just talk about sports or just football or just basketball. You talk about tennis. You talk about love life. You talk about people saying certain things and what you're supposed to say back. I mean, you, you, you got to follow. You just got to follow. But you also have smoke for everyone, including my Aggies, when it when it comes to talking about the MEAC conference. Where does that chip come from in defending that conference? You know, Howard was one of the founders of the MEAC. You know, yes. um, I think that's very special. I think that's part of the reason why we still are in the MEAC. I think there was also, um, I think in, uh, people can say what they want about Howard. I know there's lots of potent feelings about my institution, but I feel like even though maybe over the last two decades or three decades, we haven't been great at all the sports or any of the sports, um, I still think Howard holds a leadership role, a, a pivotal leadership role in the MEAC. And making sure that our sister institutions are good as well. So whereas we could have left, we did not. And there's many reasons why a conference would be happy to have Howard University in it, but we did not leave the conference. We did not leave our sister institutions proverbially like out to dry. 
And I thought that was very special. And I think we can make the MEAC work. Um, you know, I think some better media deals, um, maybe add a school or two, Virginia State, hint, hint. Um, you know, so I think there's there's growth space. Like you can't argue that the athletic product isn't like, you know, subpar because it's not. Um, I think that some institutions like A&T took an opportunity um, as it was presented and they went with it. You know, they had a string of good years. Why not run after that opportunity? I remember the bad A&T years and nobody <laughs> ever wants to really talk about. Um, <laughs> but those Celebration Bowl wins boosted them to another level. And so um, that's their prerogative to leave. But it's hard to, you know, balance that with their continued interest in what's going on in family business. So I think um, with Hampton, I think their reason for leaving was different and that always will bother me. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, I remember the Hampton, you said what? No, they've been very vocal about why they left uh, and, and what their goal was. I mean, they, I mean, if I recall, their president was very uh, upfront about where he wanted uh, Hampton to be. And mm -hmm. so just kind of watching them move through conferences to get there, you're kind of like, huh, yeah, well, we not good enough. He always wanted to be in the colonial. If you're from Virginia, you know what this is, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that 64 corridor of schools, he wanted to be a part of that club, in my opinion. Um, that's his prerogative. But like, he'll, he'll never say that. But don't say like, you want to be around, you know, you know, a a certain caliber of academic institutions don't use that because mm -hmm. Howard University is in the conference and they're ranked higher than most of the academic institutions in the Coastal Athletic Association. So don't Preach. say that. Preach. So to me, like I can't abide by that. Now I have lots of friends and, you know, sorors and all the things who are Hamptonians and they'll say like, you know, we wish we still were, but they're never going to speak out against what their leaderships did. So that's what it is. But I would have rather them say they wanted, you know, you know, a different set of academic or athletic competition because the Hampton of old was for real serious. Right. Like they used to get D1 transfers from Virginia Tech, UVA, all the rest. Right. Um, we used to go down to Hampton and their, their guys would be three times the size of ours. It's like, we're not getting out of here. Right. Um, you know, but that dynamic changed when ODU and Christopher Newport got football teams and those, you know, seven, five, seven guys went there and you see the product that came from Hampton's football program start to downward trend after that. Excellent point. Excellent point. Do you think the new leadership at Howard will continue um, that belief that you, that belief in the MEAC? I hope so. I mean, this is, today's really his first day I've even seen him on Saw you mentioned it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was like, oh, Frederick's really gone. Um, you know, I'm, none of us know yet. And also, you know, I'm an alumni chapter president. So I'm very interested in like engaging with him on a lot of different topics, but sports is prime among them for me. Um, and I want to see us continue to pour resources 
into the athletic program. We know we have our 10 and 15 and 20 year plan, um, which includes a new athletic complex. I'd like to see that come to fruition. Um, and I think we have a university that deserves a athletic complex that matches like what we do academically. And so I hope that he's very supportive. I've heard that he is, but I plan to ask those questions. Is that possible as far as, and I'm sorry, Brian. I, I, no, 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 go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. I love it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because yeah. Howard is fascinating. It, it is fascinating in that based on its location, um, the facilities are, it, are always talked about uh, when it comes to building, especially when you talk about endowment, which, which you know, it, it goes where it wants to go to based on the school. But building in those facilities, such as track, such as football, do you think that's possible? Um, and do you think just the administration wants to take money and invest it into the facilities there? I think there's going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, a capital campaign for athletics. I, I see it coming. Um, knowing what I know just from being an alumni club president, like it's it's high on the list. We have a several buildings being built right now on campus. If you go to campus right now, it's construction everywhere. So everybody always wants to talk about our buildings and how old they look. Like they're like national historic sites, folks. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, a lot of them have been gutted and redone, um, but the athletic complex is next after this new set of buildings on campus finishes construction. And I think they have a couple of options of where they could put it. I won't get into too many details, but there are options there. Um, and I think they've given themselves enough time to kind of negotiate with the city and also to look at our like very massive real estate portfolio and see like what works best. Um, if you remember where the old Howard, where the Howard Hospital currently is, is where Griffith Stadium used to be, um, where the old, you know, Negro League team played. So it's been in my in my opinion, I would love to see an athletic facility go there. Um, it makes sense since we are knocking down that hospital but um, and building a new one. But we'll see what they decide to do. I'm not sure. And also, um, someone in the comments said FAM, you betrayal. I don't feel like FAM and Bethune was a betrayal leaving the MEAC. I get y'all did not want to come to Dover or Baltimore. I understand it. It's not a betrayal. I get it. Okay. I, I was going to ask that question. I know I, I know you saw that. I didn't know if you saw it, but but yeah, it is it is interesting um the 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 comments. So w w before we get into talking about more about the football cuz I'm going to ask you about the football season. What what do you since we're talking about the MEAC here, where where do you project or what do you think the MEAC looks like? And I don't want to go too far because conference churning something could change in a heartbeat, but let's just say over the next two to three years before we even think about five, let's, let's look at two to three years. Are we still holding that? Is the MEAC still at six? And if not, who are potential suitors? I mean, you mentioned one that I think is very obvious and, and could, I think could, I don't know when they will, but I think with the leadership at that university in Virginia, I think they could. Remember, Virginia State's president is a Howard alumnus. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And yes, and uh, so yes, there is a there is an opportunity there. Um, and so, but who who might you who who would you project as a institution or a school that might 
could be somebody on the radar? So, you know, um, to me, Bowie State and Virginia State are natural fits. I don't think Bowie State has the facilities just yet. Virginia State does. I think the problem with poaching from the CIA, CIAA, because that's what it would be, right? Um, and that's from whence we all came. Um, that is a culture of itself. Like you see a smattering of CIAA culture in the MIAC because we still, you know, that's what we were. But like their chancellors are all on one page about how things are supposed to go. You know, they love the rivalries amongst them. You know, North Carolina, Virginia, a couple Maryland schools, a little bit of Pennsylvania, like they got it. Taking somebody from them, it's going to be hard. Like, why would they want to give up a good thing? They have the revenue sharing from the CIAA basketball tournament, which is here in Baltimore. You know, they enjoy their rivalries. Like the value, the value add to the institution has to be infinitely above what they're already getting to make that jump worthwhile. And uh, I've heard some talks about maybe a Clark or a Georgia school. You know, this is things that have been thrown around, mm -hmm. right? Um, so you could attempt to maybe do a North-South thing that we tried to do back in 2008 to 2012 that didn't work. So didn't close. That was so close. <laughs> you imagine what life, you know, if someone ever would do a what if series, what if that actually came, what if, Winston-Salem State would have held, held on. Held, oh, they held on if they would have done it. And it was fun. I think people forget, like, the MEAC now is, you know, eight schools, six for football. But people forget how fun the MEAC was in yeah. those, like, 95 to 2012 time period. Like, it was a lot of fun. Fun. The, the matchups were were fun. They were heated. Like we had rivalries. Um, and so like it, it's a little sad to see like that we don't play fam every year anymore or Bethune um, or A&T um, and not having all those visiting bands come to D.C. and us go down. Right. Um, but it was a lot of fun. I, I I'm sad it didn't work. I'm sad it didn't work. They really did try, though. Yeah. Um. For the upcoming year, uh, just kind of looking at Howard's schedule here. Uh, you open Howard opens the season at Eastern Michigan, mm -hmm. and then I think has some real interesting contest. Um, I think we can head into Harvard like four and one, three and two, or maybe two and two, three and one, something like that. Well, okay, so so that's interesting that you say that because. And we're going to talk about this a little bit later. We, we'll talk about the analytics and what the what the what the numbers seem to project. But they do project wins over Morehouse. Uh, actually, a win over Hampton. Should have won it last. Uh, uh, traveling on the road and winning at Robert Morris. Indeed. Uh, now, what's interesting? The week before Harvard is the Northwestern game. Yeah. I mean, look. Let's 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 not kid ourselves. I mean, with everything going on at Northwestern, I know it seems, you know, hey, it, 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 look, you we can go. Hey, that's a Big Ten school, but let's just—is Northwestern really going to be one of the power Big Ten programs this year? I don't think so. 
they held their own last year, but it's in disarray now. So uh, I don't know what the transfer portal looks like there. I don't know who's stayed, who's left, who's suing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely in disarray. Um, right. So they can be got. Uh, this is the same how program that went to UNLV. Yeah. Win. So. Yes. So Eastern Michigan, watch out. Uh, Northwestern. Watch out. So realistically, yeah, there, there's an opportunity there to go into that Harvard game with three to four wins. What does that Harvard matchup mean? I mean, we, we've jokingly talked about it on this school. It's a matchup, obviously, the, the Ivy League school versus the the, the, the Black Ivy school, if, if people want to call it that. But, I mean, two elite colleges, universities in the Northeast and but what does that mean for, for you as a Howard grad? What does that match up against Harvard? Obviously, you went to play Yale last year, but what is it this year's Harvard? Well, the first time we played Harvard was when Ron Prince was coach. And that's that Ron Prince era. If you remember, we had um, Kalen Newton as quarterback after those Mike London seasons where we beat UNLV, right? And we went to Hampton, we went to Chicago and played at Hampton. I was yeah. there and I could tell something was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and it quickly materialized when we got to Harvard and we saw like everything was in utter disarray. And it didn't make sense to us because we had just come off of a seven and four season the year before beating UNLV and Kalen Newton and a bunch of starters who ended up transferring to other schools. And I think one of our guys went to university of Houston and a couple others and did some, some big stuff. Um, you know, it didn't make sense. Like, why are we playing like this after last season? Like we were, we thought we were out of the dark, the dark era. And all of a sudden we were plunged back into a depth that we, we hadn't anticipated. Um, and so that Harvard game was the first one where we said something's not right. And so I think, I mean, it, it got really ugly very, very fast. And then last year um, we had a couple of injured guys for the truth and service classic, and we weren't really able to hang with them last year. So, you know, I think this year I'm hoping that we have, it might not be a victory. I don't count it as a W in my projection, but um, I'm hoping that the outings is a little better than the last two times we played them. Um, but it's also just a very special time. The Harvard Howard matchup has become a, a really cool thing. Even in Boston, alumni from all HBCUs and black alumni from all the Ivy leagues attend. Like mm. it, it's like a, a larger than life thing. I'll be there this year again. I really enjoyed it the last time I was there. Um, but I really do want us to put a better product on the field against them, particularly whether we win or lose. But um, the last two outings haven't been great. And, and the, the the Ivy, you know, Jamie, if you uh, even if, you know, you look at the the perception of the Ivies, uh, they are considered their conference in the FCS world. Now, uh, for, for, for those who don't know, the Ivy Leagues don't play in the postseason. So they don't play in the NCAA postseason, but they are ranked and regarded as a top 10, actually might even be top, top eight, top seven, sitting at number seven conference. And in large part, I mean, it's, it's due to Harvard, Correct. Uh, but 
you know, this is this is a great opportunity. We talk about I, I I'm big on seeing our HBCUs go into these spaces, like going into Harvard and winning. Like I was rooting for y'all to beat Yale. I because those are those matchups. We should have won. <laughs> Look, hey, those are those, those are those opportunities against these established FCS conferences that everybody continues to say are better. And, and really it's based on team production. I mean, let's just keep it real. Um, we gotta we gotta win those games. We we want our teams to win those games, and when they actually do win those games, it's gonna change the narrative and the perception. But right now, until that happens on a more consistent basis, you know, we're we're going to see only two teams preseason ranked in the top 25, uh, a team that could have, a, you know, maybe the arguably one of the best quarterbacks in FCS be kind of looked over. I mean, hell, they, they, you know, that's just how it's going to be in the FCS until we win. Yeah. Yeah. We have to win. Win them. We yeah. Have to- Absolutely. And I think Ashley think um, Central's non-conference schedule last year, uh, I think, should have propelled the MEAC into better standing as far as conferences was con- were concerned. But again, just like you said, Brian, as far as winning those games, I think Morgan State had a good showing as well, um, non-conference wise. So I think the power the South that Carolina be- State, the South Carolina State season is what hurt. Yeah. Yeah, because that was the team that what you that was your winner, that was your celebration bowl, knocked off big bad JSU, and then they turned around and had a a I mean, look, they just had a bad season. I mean, coach Coach Pugh will tell you. Um, that's what I think hurt the perception of the MIAC, even though what they still beat some folks, yes. and some folks beat them. Um, so but that perception I think hurt them, especially from the non-conference level. And I think yeah. if we continue, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Eric. I, I, I mean, I know our non-conference hurt us. There, there was no excuses for some of our our losses. I mean, losing to in the Miac Swack Challenge to Alabama State, like when they bring it up in HBCU nightly, I just act like it didn't happen. Blame it on the fifth. That was such a herky jerky game. I was there. The start, <laughs> stop. This, that. Are we gonna finish it? We are gonna do? I mean it. I would pretend it didn't happen either uh, because of, <laughs> because I'm telling you, at the start of the game, you take away that interception. Um, we in was the marching down the field. Yes, yes. We, we marched down the field four drives, just like like two-minute like two minute drives, like doom, 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 doom. And Quinn yeah. Williams had a bad game. He he, he just did. In the end zone. Yeah, you ran the football well. I mean, it, 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 it was – it was it was headed in the in that right direction, but I'll I'll just say when you're talking about a week zero game, everybody with the jitters and then the throw the fact the weather factor in there, mm-hmm. you know, it just wasn't a good night. Uh will Quentin Williams be the quarterback that his stats say he can be? Will he be the most talked about quarterback in the MEAC by the time it's all said and done? Like this season? This season. <laughs> um <laughs> Most people know, well, let me say this. Um, no. Okay. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think he'll be the second most talked about quarterback. But honestly, we're riding with him. He's our guy. I know we got a, a couple in the um, 
a couple in the barn that probably are giving him a run for his money in camp. So I've heard, um, but he's the senior. I feel bad for him because he's had a couple different OCs during his time. And that's hard. You get in one system and then you have to transition to another system. Like that stinks, right? Um, I, it was nice to see his decision-making get better over the course of last season. Um, I was, people will see that I, I tweeted it. I'm a little, I'm a little critical, probably a little more than a little critical. Um, you know, I think sometimes he wouldn't run when there was opportunity space to run. Right. Um, he is a pocket passer. Right. Um, but when it came to being mobile and getting the yardage we need to, to keep the drive going, sometimes I thought he fell short. Um, but when his line gives him enough time, you know, he's money. So I'm hoping that he gets a little quicker with the decision-making um, this season. I saw in that progression in the, the end of last season. Um, but do I think he'll be better than Davius Richards or most talked about? But do I think, you know, we have what it takes to beat North Carolina Central this season? Absolutely. And if we can limit those mistakes... Um, I think we have as good a shot as any. They're coming to us. So yes. um, that's key. And I think they struggle playing on the road from what I saw last year. They are yeah. a different ball club on the road. They are. Because in they Dover, there's, they went to Dover and that should have been a loss. <laughs> yeah, probably should have been. Probably should have been. Uh, yeah, there's going to be I have a feeling there is going to be a surprising shakeup in the MEAC this year. Um, I think I think it will be harder for North Carolina Central to repeat, even with the dynamic quarterback, the All-American defensive back. I think it will be harder this year. Now, it will impress the heck out of me to see North Carolina Central back in the celebration bowl. I, I really mean that. It would re I think this it would really impress the heck out of me to see them back there this year. Um and yes, it may come down to a head to head game Th that, that may make all the difference. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Howard has gotten big. I don't think people understand how big our linemen are. Like we're talking six eight, six six seven, six eight across the board. I also feel like Howard has rebuilt the skill position guys too from uh, with that before that exodus of talent um, after London left. I feel like the, the talent is back. There's some running backs that are pretty good. Uh, running back stable is crazy. It is. And the wideouts are looking pretty spiffy too. Yeah. I, we're not talking a lot, but I've, I've seen some, some clips and uh, I don't think people realize like how large the team has gotten since even last season. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. I mean, that running back core is uh, from top to bottom. You're talking about, you know, the likes uh, Eden of, of Eden James. You're talking about, you know, Jared Hunter. You, yep. you know, I mean, just everything that they have. If Quentin Williams can give them competent quality quarterback play in the passing game you you have all the, all the opportunities in the world 
And defensively, you know, I didn't even realize I had to go back and look at this because I interviewed him last year. I didn't realize Darren Brokenberg was coming back either. So it was one of those things where it's like, okay, defensively, up front, you're absolutely loaded. That's you're gonna make me come to DC. You're gonna make me come to DC. Come sit and and watch that game. It's I mean, and Aneem Donquap, we we talk about you know prospects for the NFL. We've got one. And people are talking about Davies, Richards, this and that. And I hope he makes it. But we look at the last, I don't know, 20 years of NFL products from HBCUs. Howard is top five. And people don't, people, we might not have had winning seasons, but we certainly have Antoine Bethea and several others with Super Bowl rings, right? So um, we've got a prospect. We might have two. So, um yeah, I think don't sleep on us, y'all. Oh yeah, I mean one of one of the biggest one of the biggest uh, uh, misconceptions is that Howard doesn't have uh, uh, a great football tradition. I mean there there's there's talent that has definitely come out of Howard that's played at Howard. Um, like you said, you just gotta hit you just gotta have the coaching right, and then if the quarterback if the quarterback is right. Um, it it can it can really turn out to be special and remind people of uh, those those glory those glory years. Uh, and Greg McGee now is the the quarterback coach. Um, I'm Greg McGee is one of my favorite quarterbacks we've ever had. I think he's like all time leading at Howard. Yeah, top fifty. Yeah, one of one of one of the legends that a lot of a lot of people don't talk about. I you know it's funny you mentioned that name. He's one of the the Howard legends. A lot of people don't talk about. I mean, of course, people talk about Ted White and Jay yes. Walker and <laughs> and those names those names, but because they they put up. But McGee, he he had he had some really good years. Uh, we had I don't know what, defense those years. We had zero defense those years. Yeah, well. <laughs> Maybe that'll 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 do it. Uh, okay, so let me ask this then. Today on the show, we're gonna be talking about over-unders, Erica. So I'm gonna give you the first chance at the Howard over-under total for the year. This will be the first one we do, Jamie. Okay, obviously Howard's record last year was five and six. Now, the predicted uh analytics site, uh Massey Ratings. Uh I, I go to Massey Ratings a lot. They predict that now, based on games that Howard can win by a rate of 51% or more, they actually only predict Howard with a six and five record. Six and five record. So, with that said, I'm setting the over under total on Howard this year at five and a half. I'm setting it at five and a half. Um, over or under. Five and a half wins. Obviously, that means six or more or under five. Over. Uh, you're going over. Mm-hmm. Care to venture? If I set it at six and a half, would you still take it over? Over. I'm looking at the schedule now. If we do all the things right, I see, I see eight wins. Here's... Jay, hold on before I before I answer that. Go Jamie, ahead. your thoughts. What do you, what do you, what are your what's your thought on that number? Five and a half. Um, I think I'm gonna take the over on, on that too. I, I think the MEAC is gonna be interesting. I think the conference um is going to uh beat up each other this year because one of my biggest questions in general is what is South Carolina State? 
Yes. I want to know. I want to know. Are we going to take Corey Fields two years ago? Or are we taking Corey Corey Fields last year? And I don't know what that looks like. Well, really, um, they it's are Corey real Fields quiet. last two years. Don't, yeah. don't forget, not just two years ago, but the, even the year before that, when he was a freshman, Corey mm-hmm. Fields was was pretty pretty doggone good. Yeah. So so I'll say right now over. But they could beat each other up in the, in, in the conference this year. They really could. And I'm going to tell you what, Morgan State, mm. competent quarter, I'll go back to competent quarterback play. If they can, if they can somehow make that happen, which, uh, you know, Coach Damon Wilson down there, hey, he's building. He's building. I believe, I believe in him. Um, and one of these years, he's going to take the conference. You know, I, I, I firmly believe that. But I don't know if it's this, if it's this year. I don't think it's this year. You know, I go back and forth with the banks about <laughs> oh yeah our rivalry that doesn't exist for Howard. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh. <laughs> There's no rivalry there, Erica. That's what you're saying. There's no rivalry. Not no. They're a little preoccupied with us, and we're always busy. Um, <laughs> but. I think I think Damon. We saw what he did at Bowie State. Honestly, yes. like he didn't have any guys last year, um, any of his own guys. I'll say, you know, he's had the opportunity now to recruit and put in his system. I think, you know, um, they'll be at Green on November, you know, eighteenth. Um, so I, I think Morgan will put up a fuss this season. Uh, they have what four games in the CAA as well this year. So that's going to be really interesting. Um, not A&T is not one of them, um, notably. Uh, but, you know, I think Damon Wilson will make a stink in the, in the MEAC this year, but I don't, I don't think they'll beat us. Um, but I think they'll do better than they did last year for certain. The, the two swing games on that schedule, you mentioned potentially, you said as high as potentially eight games, this eight wins this year. I'm saying we're running through the mid. Okay. So the game, okay. I got you. I got you. So the games that, uh, that spark the, the highest or the lowest margin win loss are obviously at South Carolina State, which right now is a, a three point spread, and the North Carolina Central game, which is also a three point spread. So, I mean, you, you you look at those two games and say, you know, you you win those two games. Those are the games that you're not going to be favored to win at least at the beginning of the season. Now that may yeah. change. That may I don't change. Think we'll ever be favored to win those two games, whether we're okay. we're running with wind behind our backs or not. I don't I don't think we'll ever be favored to beat South Carolina State and North Carolina Central. I think what's favorable to us this year is last year we were on the road like 75% of the season. This year we're at home. So um, a lot more teams are coming to us. There you go. Um, let's let's pivot for a second, Erica, and let's talk about the uh, South by Southwest um, panel uh, and more so about just that conference and what it is that uh, you – uh, and Josh, HBCU Nightly are trying to put together. Um, those of you who, first off, let's make sure those of you guys in the chat room, make sure you're following uh, Erica. Hopefully you are already. If you're HBCU Nightly uh, subscribers, you're already following Erica. Uh, if not, 
Uh, please make sure you're following her on Twitter. But as you see, she's probably been tweeting out uh, some information about the uh, South. But what, what you'll see is you'll see SXXSW. And that'll always be trending in March. That's the one thing that, and you always, and me, I've watched it the last three, four years, and I'm always like, what the heck is that? What, what is it? And I'm just so let, – let's start first with that question, and let's answer that for people. What is South by Southwest? What is that conference, which is annually in Austin, Texas? So <clears throat> South by Southwest – and this was my – last year was my – or this past March was my first time going. This is a humongous, massive, three weeks, almost a month-long conference that has an education conference – a music conference and festival, a film, music, film, TV conference and festival. And then like another piece kind of in between that covers a total huge span of topics from, you know, technology to sports, to culture, to art, like anything you can think of. There's like a track, what they call a track for it, where people from all over the world come and give, you know, Fireside chats, talks, um, meet and greets, like all throughout the week. And so I went for, I don't know, eight days last year, which was a lot, but every day was filled like from 8 a.m. to like 9 p.m. full of just events and talks and networking and all sorts of things. And it's always in Austin, Texas. Um, there they call it South by, they don't even say the Southwest part. And um I had the pleasure of going um, for the technology track, which is like my day job. Um, but I also dabbled in the sports track stuff too and um, got to listen to some really cool uh, talks on, you know, sports and sports media and culture and all these cool things. And and so, um, and I want to make sure here, let me, I want to share the actual page here. Um, yeah, I got it here. So that way people can see it here. And so, of course, I put the link there for everybody here um, to actually, first off, you need to go and create an account. Real easy to do. Doesn't It doesn't take but a second, especially if you use Google or Facebook. You can make a real quick, you know, account. Um, and then... Um, the, so the description of the panel. So at this, at this point, they're, I guess, creating or curating panels to try to figure out what panels will be a part of the conference. Is that correct? And so they're kind of asking people, uh, to basically vote on or what panels would you like to be a part of? Correct. Correct. There's, between, I think between the three conferences, there's like 5,000 proposals for panels, like the three pieces of the conferences. Um, and so um, I talked to Josh and was like, we need to present. Like there is a ton of opportunity space. I went to one panel and I asked, I always forget this man's name, but he plays, I don't know, wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. I can't ever remember his name. Um and I asked him a question about how NFL players are engaging with HBCUs and like, you know, there's so much buzz around what we have going on in the college football space. And um, his answer was like awful. It was really terrible, actually. It didn't answer the question at all. <laughs> but 
Like that wasn't the point because after I asked that question, probably 10 sports executives from all sorts of different companies, including like Sportico, came up to me um, and wanted to engage with me on HBCU sports and things like that. So mm-hmm. although I did not get my answer from that guy, I got a ton of support and networks and stuff like that just from asking the question and talking to them. They definitely want to see, you know, panels about what we what we talk about in this type of venue, what we're doing here now on X spaces, everything. So we decided to put together a topic and, um, you know, put it out there for people to maybe vote on so that we can have, you know, our voices heard at this very influential conference. And to of note, if you go on the panel picker and you put in HBCU, there's only 11 proposals across the three conferences for South by Southwest, like five or 6,000 proposals. Only 11 are about HBCUs. And this is the only one about HBCU sports. Mm. The modern HBCU sports model. Uh, This session will be a discussion of the HBCU athletic program landscape for revenue sports to include media deals, conference alignment, and expanded brand exposure. It will culminate in thoughts on how to expand the awareness about and the impact of the HBCU athletics product in order to brand it to new markets outside of the traditional HBCU fan base. And so you go to the page, and obviously up in the top right corner there, Right there, cast your vote. You can hit that. Let me see. Have I already voted? Oh, look, I voted again. How many times can you vote in a day? How many times can you vote in a day, Erica? I thought you could only vote once ever, but listen. Right, well, hey, look, I, just, I just voted again. <laughs> I, just, I just voted again. So, and then you can, uh, and then you can share it. Uh, obviously, they've got you got a video here from one of the episodes of HBCU Nightly, uh, season two, episode fifty-five. Um. And then you'll see some takeaways. Yeah, some takeaways here. Some takeaways. Uh, One, how HBCU athletic programs are impacted by flashy coaching hires hmm, and how that impacts media deals, recruiting, and branding. That's interesting. Flashy hires, huh? Uh, We've had had some of those happen, right? Just a couple. Just a few. (laughs) Number two, how HBCU athletic programs are recruiting more four- and five-star athletes, which is changing how they interact with Power 5 programs. And number three, how HBCU athletic programs continue to innovate and expand their brand and recruitment impact while competing in the FCS, Division II, and beyond. What, uh, what, kind, of, what kind of feedback have you gotten from, from uh, what you've put out here, Erica? I mean, folks are into it. I mean, you can see, like, I was looking at, like, just the tweets and the shares. Like, it seems like it's gaining traction. Um, There's interest there. I think now with conference realignment um, in the last, like, week or two, I think there's even more to talk about um, as of how it impacts us as HBCUs and where we see our conferences going in the swirl of all all of what's happening at the power four level now. Um, and so, um, I think this, this is just the proposal as we wrote it, I don't know, a month and a half ago, 
but I can I can say probably by the time March comes around, there'll probably be some, you know, impacts and fallout from what we're seeing now in the college football landscape that can even shape this conversation even further. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how when does the deadline to vote? What is what is the process like when? Uh, when, when it's voting in, when will you sort of have an idea as to whether is there a second round that happens or it's like, OK, you guys have got enough interest. Yeah, we'll go ahead and bring you in. August 20th is the last day for voting. And what's cool about it is there's like <clears throat> the votes count for like 30 or 40 percent. And then like there's a couple other metrics that they use, like are there other panels like this for this track, which in the sports track, we're the only one, Um, you know, the folks that choose, they kind of like read the panel, like what we propose and see if it would be a good fit. So it's not just voting, but voting is like a huge component of it. So we want to like really pump it and get folks to, um, to vote for us. And what's cool is you can also watch, if you can't go to South by Southwest, you can still access the panel and watch it. Um, from the comfort of your own home, which is cool. All right. All right. Good job. Appreciate you, Tamara T. Just voted. All right. Good, good to hear. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and keep voting. You can vote on multiple days. So make sure you vote and then share. Uh, make That's very important. You got to share with that. It's very important. We got to share with our networks and let our friends know <clears throat> what we're doing. The sports, the sports track that you, what other kind of things are in that sports model you know like what what other kind of panels or discussions are they having oh they talk about sports media they talk about um sports culture i mean they bring in nfl players nba players like professional players and coaches to do panels um they talk um the business of sports they do um <clears throat> live um podcast recordings during like the sports track. I mean, anything you can think of, they have ESPN folks, Sportico folks, you know, prominent journalists that are giving talks. I mean, it really spans the gamut. Okay. I just noticed Uh, last year there was no discussion about historically black colleges and universities. And it was crazy to me mm -hmm. seeing like the numbers, the celebration bowl does. Right. Like all of the Deion the, Sanders, even in that space, you know what I'm saying? All the everything that he brought not, into not, our world, not one mention. Like it's wow. like it didn't happen. Um, wow. You know, we have all of our games on ESPN, ESPN, ESPN U, ESPN Plus. Like we we've got media deals, like things. Like there's a surge of interest, and there was no one to talk about it. Mm. And, and see, I. I I now understand uh, understanding this conference, understanding a little bit more why this is even more important to have now, because again, we can be a little tunnel vision about what we think we're doing in our space, but Hey guys, there's a bigger world out there. It's like stepping outside and saying, or, or maybe you have that kid or that young person, Jamie, you can relate to this. This young person who's never traveled outside of the state or the city. Oh yeah. And it's like, oh, you don't know where what's what's in Tennessee. No, I've never been outside the state of Florida. You're just like, huh? But but outside how others view 
our HBCU thing that we love. I mean, we're graduates and we're passionate about it. We talk about it, but then you realize we're a, you know, it's it's getting this much traction. And so to be in a space like this will help hopefully open some eyes up and, and uh, bring in some, uh, uh, some, some people who may not have even thought about, Oh, you mean I can reach these people? I mean, college educated, spending money, passionate mm-hmm. about sports. What? Where are those people at? They all go to where? <laughs> yes. And I mean, think about it. We have our literally from the ground floor developed our own ecosystem of media to yes. cover our own sports because no one else would do it. Well and said. when yes. I was chatting with people about how like we do it ourselves and we have this whole system and ecosystem of of reporters, journalists, enthusiasts, alumni who cover the games across a bunch of sports and there's thousands and thousands of listeners out there. Um people were blown away. Um so, you know, it's more of an opportunity to get our product and our brand and our and our schools out there. Yeah. Well, um I'm I'm looking forward to uh, continuing. We have until uh, next Sunday, everybody. So uh, we will we will again share we'll share this link all throughout the week. Uh, I know some of our other shows will will do it. I'll make sure to share it on on a Wednesday show, uh, the ONG that I do. Um, and I know Dr. Cavill will probably mention it more than once on his. Tuesday and Thursday. I'm speaking for Doc, but I know Doc will probably he'll do that. Um, and so just want to encourage everybody. There's that link again. Uh, you'll see the link. I know I have personally retweeted it from my page. Um, I'll make sure to retweet it from the Black College Sports Network Twitter feed as well. If you're following Erica on uh, on Twitter, okay, there's Erica's handle. You can make sure you can see it there. And it takes a second. Create the, create the account. And then... Yep. And then share, you know, go go to the panel, hit the check button, and then make sure the more important thing is that you share it. Facebook, Twitter, uh, those of you are on LinkedIn, if you do that too. But uh, this will be big. This will be a big opportunity um, for uh, for for not only just HBCUs, but for for you and the uh, HBCU nightly team. So. Yeah, thank you so much for highlighting this. I mean, it's it's really quite special and super excited. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I I just I, I found it interesting because, like I said, I I've always ha- I've always been curious about the South by, uh, as it's called. Um, but I, I just never. It's one of those you know when you're a teacher. Uh, when am I going to take a whole week? I, I wish I could take a whole week to go to a conference. I mean, <laughs> but it always sounds interesting because the Twitter traction during the conference is, is pretty interesting uh, from, from just the different stuff. Mm-hmm. And everybody seems to love Austin, Texas. I, I got to get to Austin, Texas. It sounds it's, like a. If you've been to Texas, Austin is unlike any other city in that state. Let me tell you. No, it's, it's cool. It's just like, Oh, this is not like Dallas, Houston or San Antonio. It's very quirky. <laughs> okay. Um, Erica Rochelle, again, want to put this up. Her first over-under win total, over-under five-and-a-half wins for Howard. Erica says, yes, way over. She's <laughs> going with actually eight. I love uh, it. Yeah, I love it, too. Jamie's going over. 
Uh, I'm going over two. I, I I really think Howard will will overcome this year. Uh, my, my dark horse Miak champ for and, and I hope if you guys win it that you win it outright and we don't have yes. any Miakish kind of things going on. Well, they we changed the rules. Teams. There's no more co-champs. So if we win it, they won't be class rings as Coach Oliver called them. Oh no, he didn't call them class rings. No. He did. Oh, wow. Listen. Uh, what's the <laughs> so wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let, let's go back for a second because don't bury the headline. We have made a uh, we we've coined the phrase miakish clearly for its for for its ability to muddle up a conference champion. But so now there's no there's one outright. I mean, what there's no co champs anymore, huh? They changed what's that the in the spring. But as I've said multiple times on Twitter. The co-champ situation was only a problem when it was Howard. No one ever had feelings about it when it was anyone else. Oh, because there's been years where there's been like four or five co-champs. Yes, it has. Yes, like, it has. <laughs> you know, you know. So. Yes. Yes. All right, uh, Erica. Any anything we left off that you wanted to talk about or mention or give a shout out to anybody? I'll give you the last word before we go to break here. No, this was great. Uh, follow me on Twitter or X E R Lee zero two one seven. You know, I accept all follow requests, and you know, look out for me on HBCU Nightly. Um, we have a special guest in two weeks, someone I'm very excited about. So we haven't announced them yet, but um, on August twenty third. But please listen in, and I also do Twitter Spaces on Howard Athletics football basketball. So um, you know, there's a lot of Cool things happening. I'm on the board of our NIL collective. So you're about to hear some really interesting things from the Mecca and the NIL space. Oh, um, so, okay. Howard has an NIL collective. Okay. Mm -hmm. We, we got to talk because I'm, I'm trying to gather the troops down in Tallahassee. Uh, so we got to talk. I got to, I'm, I'm gathering info uh, because that's, that's, we'll talk offline. We'll yes, talk please offline. reach out. So thank you guys. <laughs> thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, no, thank you. It's a pleasure. We look forward to, uh, and also don't forget the future, the X's and O's podcast, which will start uh, at the beginning of the season. So that that'll be fun, and uh, and then we'll we'll go from there. So hopefully, I see you sometime before the Celebration Bowl, Erica, at one of these games somewhere. I'll be at Miak Swag Challenge too. Oh, okay, I will, I will I see, you, see there. you there. We'll Yay. see you there. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you follow Erica, hit her up, let her know. Thank you, you appreciate her coming on the show, and um, and, and then go vote again. The South by uh panel, the modern HBCU sports model is the name, and I'll make sure to to uh, if, in case you missed that link, I'll put it up again. Uh, we're gonna take a short break. We got win totals over under. You saw the Howard total. Do you agree? Do you disagree with the five and a half? Are you going over? Wait till you see some of the other predicted win totals for the rest of the Division I teams in uh, HBCU football. So we'll be back in just a minute after this break. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in a moment. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. 
That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. All right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and Jamie here. Uh, wow, great conversation. Look, I, I we obviously went a full, almost an yeah. hour through with Erica, but that was pretty awesome, though. You know, that's why I like doing this. Sometimes these conversations, they go well longer than, uh, than, than the time that we thought they might be. So, um, yeah, they have to spill over, man. You, you, because, Erica has a lot of interesting um, things that she's into and just a lot of interesting perspectives when it comes to um, the MEAC in general. I think when we're talking about, um, in, in fact, this was this, you know, I talked about this the other day and I'm not going to go too long, but um, I looked at the Carlos Brown show, uh, looked at the replay and heard um, former A&T alum, uh, Willa Brown, talk yeah. about uh, the changing of conferences when it came to A&T. Uh, and how, you know, he cringed, you know, with the Big South move and cringed again with the CAA move. I felt the exact same way, but kind of understood where that is. And a lot of people have had opinions about it. And that's great. That's that's, we're, you know, we're that's the country we live in. We can we can do that um, as long as you have um, your own reasoning to have those opinions and, and it be informed and educated and you know, whatever, I'm always free to listen to it. And and that's why, you know, I asked her that question, you know, as far as having smoke for um, 
you know, for whomever when it comes to defending the MEAC. And there's not a lot of spaces that do that when it comes to the MEAC. I still fully enjoy MEAC football um, and still keep up with it, despite my school being in the, in the Coastal Athletic Association. So, you know, great discussion. Great discussion. I love those perspectives. Yeah, definitely. Um, all, all for the MEAC content, definitely. Um, I, interesting season, to say the least. Uh, Want to thank everybody. Hey, it's a great discussion, great chats. Going, on. you know, it was hard is we're having a great discussion, and I'm keeping one eye on the chats. I mean, yeah. I love you guys in the chat room. I, 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 I look. I'll be. I'll admit, I don't have a moderator set up in the chat, so it is the <laughs> it's the wild west. Is but it I, really? <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I think it is. I think you know, but I, I'm not even gonna call names on who's doing what. But I'm just gonna say it's the wild west over there, and so I, I love it. I appreciate y'all. Oh, we just, we hope that everybody is being uh, a, as respectful as we can be as fans <laughs> of our institutions <laughs> to one another, um, and and hopefully during the conversation, uh, or at least the chat conversation that you heard some interesting uh, nuggets throughout the uh, interview with Erica. I uh, want to ask you and remind you that you can now join us on the JBN uh, membership. We uh, we got three different levels that you can support the Black College Sports Network and Jericho Broadcast Networks, which is the parent company uh, for 25 years. We've been trying to bring live coverage of HBCU athletic events. Uh, I believe last year the Black College Sports Network might have streamed more Black College athletic events than any other entity, and I'm I'm saying athletic events. So we are looking to do that again this year, fall, winter, and spring. Uh, your donation helps keep us moving forward in that. Uh, we're looking forward to a great year with our partner schools and and more. And so we're looking to bring some exclusive content at the end of uh, these football games on Saturdays, some discounts on some merchandise that we're going to start rolling out here shortly, and just some other opportunities. But more, more importantly, it's just a, an opportunity to support. And we say thank you uh, because you guys are the reason why we do this, and we appreciate your support. So you can, um, you can find the Join button there uh, where you normally would subscribe, or you can just go to that link there, youtube.com slash myjbnonline slash join, and that'll show you uh, how you can join and be a part. Okay, so let's do this, Jamie. Since we started in the MEAC, right, we started with the first win total of Howard. And again, Howard, of course, last year, five and six, predicted by Massey to have a six and five record uh, with a win total of five and a half. Um, and and, I, and I'll, I'll tell a little about, oh, hold on. We might even have our, our special guest jumping in. I, I didn't think we'd get him, but it looks like we might have uh, my guy jumping in. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you, you you brought me on a little bit too fast. I was still trying to straighten myself up. Sorry, hold on. Oh, see, there you go. I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll put you out and give you a second to collect yourself here. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> What's going uh, on, Carlos? What's hey, going on, bro? sir? 
Good to have you on, man. Always, man. Always, man. Finished my event a little bit earlier than I thought, so I figured I would jump in for the last uh for the last segment. Yeah, yeah. Well, good. Perfect timing. You decided to jump in because we're just getting into our season win total section. We had Erica Rochelle on earlier. Uh, we started already with the first one. Obviously, her being Howard, we started with the over-under five and a half wins for Howard this season. Um let, let's let me let me just say this: the games that they are predicted to least likely win would be the Eastern Michigan game to open the season, predicted to have a two percent win probability. Uh, that would be the lowest. Actually, they you know they actually have. I don't know what Eastern Michigan is bringing this year, but the the Northwestern game they actually oh I'm sorry Northwestern zero I'm sorry yeah Northwestern <laughs> just a flat out zero. Just a flat out zero. So they they are predicted no chance of winning against Northwestern, but actually a two percent. That's amazing how that works. Um, and how did you 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 gave me your total? You obviously think they're going over. You think they go over that? Yes. All right. Um, I'm not going to try to put up banners and graphics for for these other ones. Maybe I will here as we get into talking. But let's start with the top of the food chain for North Carolina Central. Now, uh, one of the things that I think I mentioned last week, Drew, is that Phil Steele, who any of you who follow college football, if you get Phil Steele's magazine or you subscribe to his website, uh, Phil Steele is not very bullish on North Carolina Central this year. Uh, Actually sees a regression. Uh, Last year, North Carolina Central won 10 games, 10 and 2. Of course, that includes the Celebration Bowl. Uh, This year, Massey predicts them with a 7-4 record. So I went kind of back and forth, and I'm looking at their schedule uh, between the Division II opponent, Winston-Salem State, the Power 5 team at UCLA, the non-conference matchups between Campbell and Elon, uh, as well as Valley and North Carolina A&T. Let's not forget about them. And I, I'm going to set the win total at eight and eight point five, eight point five. So the question, uh-oh, wrong one. So the question is, over under eight point five wins for North Carolina Central. Jamie? Well, hopefully under. Um, and I'm just judging by the schedule, like like literally looking, because I think um, over would be they, them beating my school. Because um, I'm looking everywhere else, I could see them logically getting a win, but I'm telling you, just like the discussion we had with Erica, um, I think they kind of, I think the conference kind of cannibalizes each other. I don't do not know what South Carolina State is. I do not know. And the last time they've been this quiet, yeah, it, it was trouble. So, um, I'm gonna say under right now. Okay, uh, Jamie's going under. Um, Drew, what do you got? 
I'm trying to pull up what I had sent to you earlier, Brian. You you may be able to pull that up quicker than, than I have. But yeah, when you talk about a team like Central, I mean, they're coming off a 10-win season. You know, that's one of those, do you take Tiger, do you take the field? Statistically, you take the field because you've got a better chance with four numbers. After winning 10 games, it's almost, you know, it's hard. It's hard to duplicate that, especially with some of the games that they have on the schedule. I believe they've got UCLA as one of their non-conference games. Okay, that's that that right there puts them at a ten-win season already. So, you know, I believe I had Central at. You had over. I had over. I think I. I think I've got Central actually with nine this year. Now I think I've got a nine or two in the regular season. Okay, so you you're by, now. What's interesting is they are, and, and, and let, me, let me say this, and Jamie will love this. If they beat A T, they they they'll definitely get that nine. If they get that nine or two, I think A T is that is going to be that swing game on on our over under, whether it's an eight or a nine win season. I think that's going to be the the swing game for for uh, Central. Well, with the exception of the Winston-Salem game and the Valley game in the Circle City Classic in Indy, they aren't going to be favored in any of those other non-conference games. They're not a favorite against A&T. They're not a favorite against, obviously, UCLA. Not a favorite against Campbell. And not a favorite against Elon. Yeah, And yeah, Jamie, I did say that. They are not a favorite against North Carolina A&T. Well, I mean, I'm grateful. Hopefully, they're right. Um, but, but the Campbell game was the more more intriguing because they got mollywop last year uh, against Campbell. How they were injured, they were injured, did, didn't have some people in key spots. Uh, I remember that. But you know, that was not a good game for them at all. So them not being favored, I get it. Maybe it's some conference um, bias. Um, I get that too. So we'll see. We'll see. Let's play. Let's play football. All right. Let's go over to South Carolina State. Now, this is an interesting one. Last year, three and eight, uncharacteristic season. Uh, this year, they're predicted actually to have a five and six season this year. So, I mean, a little bit better. Um, I, we don't know what their season is going to be. We don't know. Like, they won't be a favorite against Jackson State. Uh, they won't be a favorite in their first four ball games. Four ball games against Charlotte. They have a. They have three. Well, Charlotte and Georgia Tech are Division One, uh, and I should say FBS teams. They play the Citadel after a bye week, and then they go into. They have a Virginia Union Lynchburg contest. Uh, <laughs> they aren't even favored against Tennessee Tech. So, the one thing that I'm seeing is that. Records from a year ago, statistics matter in these analytics. But I'm going to set the win total at five and a half. I mean, a three-win team last year, can they finish over 500 this year? Mm. You asking me? Uh, uh, um, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll start, we'll start there. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. I think um, they right the ship this year. Uh, I think – 
that kind of that triumvirate between them, uh, Howard and um, and Central is going to be real interesting this year. So I think um, I think they're going to get each other. Uh, so I think I, I'm going to say instead of five and six, six and five. Okay, three win improvement this year, uh, Drew. You actually <clears throat> what you you went oppo you went oppo of me and Jamie again. Uh, you went under. Dog yeah. on contrary. <laughs> so, are you why why under? Uh, are you not? Where, where's your hesitation? Why under? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. South Carolina State. South Carolina State will be open September, and if, and if you consider the the uh, actual challenge as part of September, I don't I don't see a win until I, until they play Lynchburg. I'm just being honest with you. They've got Jackson State, which is a winnable game, but I just think Jackson State will win that game. Charlotte, Georgia Tech, and the Citadel. Outside of possibly beat Jackson State, where's another win? Okay. You're you're right. For for a team that we don't know anything about, you're right. But I mean, and this is typical South Carolina State. You know, South Carolina State, this is another, for lack of a better word, this is another possible 2021 for South Carolina State because if South Carolina State could go through the MEAC undefeated, once again, just like I said in 2021, they could go into the Celebration Bowl upside down. Yeah, yeah, we, we've seen that. This is, this is another one of those schedules for South Carolina State. Yeah. Um. All right, let's move over to Morgan State. This is a fascinating. This is a fascinating number. Um, last year Morgan State was four and seven. They are actually rated, predicted to have the worst record in the MEAC among MEAC schools. Yeah, the 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 analytics, the the preseason predictions have them as a technically a I'm going to call it a let's see let me double check here is it 1 in 10 yeah a 1 in 10 season I want some action on that now yeah. I, I do too so <laughs> I, I set the line look I, I set the, I, I didn't know how high to set it so I'm going to be cautious here but I'm setting it at 3.5 I still want that action You'll still take the you'll I'm still, still take taking the action. You'll still take the this over. is not this is not Ty Wheatley's Morgan State Bears. Okay. I got? agree with you. Um, but I under you know what? I, I kind of understand where they may be getting um or or where they're basing that those analytics from. Their schedule. They do play four CAA teams, which would be interesting. Erica kind of noted it. I had to pull pull up their schedule. Uh, but they're going to get somebody, too. So I think, yeah, they'll be above three wins. I think you said three and a half. I think three they'll be above that. Yeah, yeah so they'll be above that. I think so, too. They, they're at Richmond. They play Towson. Uh, is Towson the CAA? Yeah. Yeah, they um, uh, who who else is on there? Because the rest of that schedule includes Albany, Yale, mm-hmm. Stony Brook. Yeah, and Albany and Stony Brook. Are the I two. think they beat Stony Brook last year. 
Yeah. If I'm not okay. mistaken. I think the Yale game is going to be interesting. Uh, once again, even though Yale went eight and two on last season, but you know, I, I the fact that the Ivy League does not give out scholarships. I mean, I'm going to be real. You should not be losing to a team that does not give out scholarships. <laughs> I'm just yeah, it, but- it, that's just that's just like I mean, it, uh, in theory, that's just like losing to uh, uh, FCS losing to a D2 or FBS losing to a D2. It sh- there are certain things that should not happen. Yeah, but Drew, it's different though at the Ivy because those guys are probably getting scholarship money yeah, from, from other sources. areas. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, we don't give out athletic scholarships, but we're giving money and you're getting money from other places. I mean, and and, and the other thing is the Ivy League, we talked about this earlier. The Ivy League continues to be rated. I mean, if 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 the MIAC or the SWAC, and I, I broke it up into if the SWAC East is rated as the 14th or 13th best conference in FCS football. Ivy League is like seven, you know. So, for whatever reason, you know, the perception, the reality, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but these are, we talk about these games. These are these games where HBCU's got to go win. Like Howard should have beaten Yale last year. You know, Howard needs to go beat Harvard this year. Morgan State needs to go beat. Yale this year. And once that starts happening, things will start to change in terms of that perception. But uh, yeah, again, three and a half wins is the number for Morgan. I think we're all taking the over. All right. Here's another team from the MEAC that had a two and nine record last year. And Massey kind of thinks they'll have a similar record uh, predicted to again, finish two and nine. I'm a little more bullish on Norfolk State, so I'm putting their line at three and a half wins. Two and nine last year. I'm thinking they might get a little more this year. Now, uh, Drew, you got the over. You're taking over three and a half with Norfolk this year. You think Coach Odoms turns it around this year, huh? Yeah, I've got them down for five, but I've got them actually – I've got them going only one and four in conference, though. Mm. Wow, one and yeah. one and four in conference play. One and four in conference. Ooh. So, ooh. that non-conference. Let me see. They got Virginia State. Yeah, you should get that one. Temple. I'm, I'm, I'm giving the Virginia State Hampton, and I was torn between the Tennessee State, giving them Tennessee State, but. I did uh, give them Tennessee State. Actually, that should be uh, four and seven is where I should have them at. And then I'm giving them Delaware State in, in conference. Mm. Uh, they, J- Jamie, they play your Aggies. Uh, they got mm-hmm. North, yeah. I, I'm uh, giving, I, I, I'm rolling with Jay on that one. And I tell you what, they played them tough last year at home. I mean, the score didn't kind of indicate it, but it was a, a a closer game than than you know what the ending score was. So. You know, depending on what goes on, a ball here, ball there, you never know. But uh, I think my Aggies still win the game. But that's rough because I'm looking at the schedule and I'm also having a hard time picking out wins. Um, That Towson game might be up in the air. Um, But I, I think they got a new coaching staff, so we'll see what happens. 
um, Tennessee State will be interesting as well, as far as whether or not they can um, they can win that game. And definitely Dell State, I think they'll they'll get that one uh, as well. But we'll see, we'll see. So that may be close to being truthful. That may be close to being where they are. Um, I got to respond to uh, Mike here. Mike, I'm, I, I want you. You tell me what the line should be, Mike. I'm curious. You you say three and a half. I'm assuming you think it's too low. What do you? Where do you see wins at, Mike? I'm, I mean, I'm curious. I'm, I'm going through the schedule. <laughs> go through the go through the schedule. Go through Look, the schedule. Again, Morgan is at Richmond, at Akron, hosting Towson, hosting Albany. I mean, you're not going to be favored to win those games. Then you're hosting uh, Stony Brook. Stony Brook, you're not even favored to win that. You know, uh, you're going to Yale. You're definitely not favored to win. Where where are the wins supposed to come from? And, and in the BAC, you got South Carolina State, Howard, and Norfolk on the road. Oh, five and a half wins. Oh no, I I mm, I might mm. say so might take that action, boss. I, no, I, think, <laughs> I might I might. Hey, look, I might take the under and still win. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Five wins. Five wins. I, five wins would be an improvement from the previous year, would it not? Definitely. Uh, okay. So see, that's how that's how that that's how this works. See, Morgan State was four and seven. If you get five wins, that's it's an improvement. improvement. That's an improvement. Yeah. So at three and a half, all I'm saying is, you know, the model says one. Last year you won four. So I'm giving I'm actually giving benefit of the doubt by giving you three and a half. That's all I'm saying. I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. Um and, and Brian, just make sure people understand we're not pulling these numbers out the air that we think and we're just going with the analytics. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I and I'll tell you, because we're gonna get to some teams here later. I think the analytics are completely wrong. And so, but I'm still I'm looking at this and saying, if you were going to take your money, your hard-earned money up to the window and saying, I'm putting my money on Morgan State to win over three and a half games, you know what? You could feel pretty good about it. But at five and a half, no, there's no way I'm putting my my money, my hard-earned money on five and a half over five and a half. Mm-mm. They got to sh- nah. But I'll put Miak Mike's money on it. Yeah, I'll take Miak Mike's money on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll put your money on it. Um so okay, what Drew? Can you try? Okay, you you're in the chat. You're in that feature there. You can. Uh, what was our Norfolk State? Uh, Drew went over. Jamie, what was yours again? Over three and a half or under? Um. Wow. Oh man, I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna go under. Ugh. I'm trying I, to find wins. Yeah, I don't know and where to go. I don't know where to go. I'm. I'm. Look, I'm more optimistic on Morgan than I am Norfolk State. So if I went if I went over with Morgan, then I have to go under with uh, Norfolk State at the same three and a half win total. Yeah. Uh, last team, last team in the MEAC is uh, Dell State. We set the line at two and a half. Now, here's what's interesting: Dell State was five and six a year ago, but actually predicted to finish three and eight this year. So, I mean, do you? Be- I mean, look, five wins. Do you believe Dell State is a five-win team? 
Uh, didn't they? Didn't they get rid of their coach? Didn't they, like a lot of upheaval at Dell State from a year ago? That was a senior laden team or an upper class team last year. Brian, outside of everybody's date, who are they going to be? <laughs> so had that being Virginia Lynchburg, everybody dates Virginia Lynchburg in the MEAC. They got a fifty-one percent chance of beating Norfolk State by a point. That that's they really the think that's Norfolk a, State is that's going a toss, to be that's, that bad. It, it, if even with that, that's a toss-up game. That's not a guaranteed W. If you have fifty-one forty-nine, that's a toss-up. Well, okay. Well, again, that's you're right. You're right. Uh, the Bowie State game is interesting. They could potentially lose that game, even though I think they're predicted to win that game. Uh, yeah, they're predicted to win that game, but that's a game that I think a lot of people won't be surprised when people talk about Division two teams that can win and beat an FCS. That's the game. That's one of them right there. Because then they didn't they beat them last year or two, years, two years ago. ago. That was two years. Yeah, ago. two years ago. So. Uh, and then they got the Virginia Lynchburg game. I guess if we're going to count that as a win, there's a win. So, mm. uh, Drew went under. Jamie, where are you going? Over under? I, I'm going under. Damn, under. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm making a clean sweep. I'll go under two. <laughs> Can't do it. I'll go two wins. Yeah, I mean, two wins is, is realistic. I, I don't see three. Yeah, two two wins. We'll go two wins. Um, all right, before we get into the swag, let's go to our other, uh, uh, I guess you can call them uh, non-independents, uh, whatever we want to call them. I don't know. There's always a new name or feels like there's a new name. Um, okay, Tennessee State. Uh, the, the Let's see. Tennessee, there's a lot of optimism for Tennessee State. The computers love Tennessee State. I want you to know that because last year the computers loved Tennessee State as well. Um, in terms of overall rank, uh, Tennessee State's predicted to finish third in the Ohio Valley. Uh, last year, Tennessee State went four and seven. This year, they're actually predicted to go five and six. So we're going to set the line at five and a half. Five and a half for Tennessee State. Um, Non-conference schedule, of course, includes Notre Dame. Loss. Neutral site against UAPB. Uh, hosting Gardner-Webb. Hmm. Uh, the UT Martin, I think that's when we start to get in a conference play. Uh, they do have a non-conference against Norfolk State. They have a non-conference against Lincoln, California. That's that's everybody's new date. <laughs> everybody's new date, right? That's new chick yeah. on the block. Yeah. So, um, and then they'll I think get Lindenwood. Lindenwood's in there too. That's another new team. They'll get Lincoln. The- All right. So let's see. I already got one person says under. I've got them over, Brian. I've got them at six. I've got them slightly over. <laughs> hmm. I'm gonna tell you now, Will. It will be under fifty. I would play. I would play Tennessee State in the points. If I had, if I saw fifty points out there, and I trust me, Notre Dame will not cover a margin that big. 
never – I don't even think they've got – Notre Dame is hard to cover a 40-point margin. If you see 50, Will, run to the bank, put your last – put your whole paycheck on Tennessee State. I'm telling Last you now. See, they Notre, Dame, homeless. Notre Dame will not <laughs> cover 50-point spread. I, they're, not that, they're not that kind of this, team. This analysis is not uh... – Oh yeah, go ahead and put not this by disclaimer. the Black College Sports Network. <laughs> <laughs> These, uh, especially by the host Brian Fulford. <laughs> so at him, don't at the network. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna go over as well. I want to believe, man. I want to believe that Eddie George has got these guys going in the right direction. I think if he a little doesn't, more. is he on the hot seat this year? Next year, excuse me. Well, what was his – What was is this year two? Last year was year two, right? Mm-hmm. So year one, was that the COVID year? Post-COVID. Post-COVID. So what, what was the record two years ago? Anybody know what their record was two years ago? It was like three. And I'm just going off the top of my head. Um – I don't, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if it, if anybody pulls it up real quick. Um, I but but I'm gonna uh, against my better judgment, I'm gonna say over, over five and a half. I I'm I'm drinking the Kool Aid. I'm drinking the Eddie George Kool Aid, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go there. So, well, uh, it's a tough one. All right, let's go over to. Uh, Jamie's beloved North Carolina A&T State Aggies. Seven and four a year ago. But Massey only sees them winning four games this year. With one game, and, and now this is a new conference now. This is coming seven and four in the Big South. They only see them winning four games in the uh, in the was it now the colonial coastal coastal, coastal. Sorry. I yeah, that. association yes. coastal uh actually predicted to finish 13th out of 15 teams in the conference so not much optimism but they do expect them to beat central jamie that that what do you think about that first off uh seven point if the spread was six and a half which i think is what it might be can the Aggies cover six and a half against the Eagles? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you mean asking such questions? Um, right. Let me see. You said, so what, what is the over-under? Okay, so the total five and a half wins for North Carolina A&T State this year. Now, notice the model, though. The model predicts them to finish four and six with one of those, well, actually four and seven with one of those games kind of being a 50-50 split. So I, I'm setting it at five and a half to try to see are, are the Aggies better than a four or five win team? Hmm. Central, Campbell, Elon, Norfolk State, Hampton, can we get a fifth? Yeah. I'm going to say 
and it pains me to do this. I'm going to say under. I'm going to say under, jumping into a new conference. Mm, Jamie goes under. ODB goes under as well. Mm. D-Champ goes over, though. Man, hey, from your mouth to God's ear, Dave. <laughs> um, Jamie goes under. Drew, you went over. Yes. And I'm I'm with Jamie on those games. I'm not I'm not going I'm not giving you central though, Jamie. But I think between Villanova, Delaware, and Rhode Island, they they they'll pick up those other victories that they need. Because I'm giving Campbell, Hampton, Norfolk State. I'm giving I'm giving those giving them those three. And then you got got a couple up out there. North, North Carolina AT is too good to lose all of those games. They will they will get at least two two of those games. And AT is good as still in the game at somewhere along the line. They're just, they're just too good of a team. That's why I'm giving them the over. But it's barely over. I'm giving them six. I'm going under. I'm going. I'm gonna go five. I think you guys are gonna be real close, Jamie. I'm going under. Um, okay. Hey. Six, wow, that's interesting. See, I'm Troy. Listen, there's a, there's a lot of uh, there's a. I respect. I respect you guys. You the A and T folks that I've been listening to, like Dave and and other folks. I, I. You guys are right on the fence, and so with, with being on the fence like that, I got, I'm gonna play the under. I'm gonna play the under. Um, I'm curious about the central, and and what'll take me under is the central game. I'm a, I'm shocked. I'm a, I'm gonna first off say that I'm shocked that you guys are a favorite. No disrespect, but is that and that's a home game? Is that a home game? Yeah, it is. Maybe that's why. But doggone a six. Six and a half point favorite at home. Yeah, three, three, three is your three is home field. So yeah, exactly. So I mean, that like that that to me, there's the red flags about Central, and that's why I'll be curious when Central when Central comes out talking about motivation and bulletin board material. Woo! When they look up and see, oh, what we're not a favorite, we're actually an underdog. (laughs) Yeah, that's gonna be interesting to see. Um. Yeah, Dave says uh, NT didn't lose as much folks think. I agree. I I agree, Dave. If 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 um, brother Eli can uh, <laughs> brother Eli can step up, and from what I hear in spring in, in practice, you listen all the way around. Uh, offensively, we should be good. Defensively is is rounded into shape. I think. We're gonna sneak up on some people, so I agree. It won't be a surprise if it's six, um, six wins. Yeah, I, I want to throw one more thing out. One thing that I do like about uh, ANT, even though they're going to a new conference, you know, a lot of the teams that they're playing are familiar foes, uh, both going to the CAA teams that move from the Big South to the CAA with ANT. Or and of course in non-conference, uh, those couple of BAC or HBCU foes that they have, so they're not they're not as green as they may look on paper to the to those folks in the CAA. 
I agree. Okay, let's finish up with the uh, the non-SWAC schools with Hampton. Uh, interesting, Hampton. Hampton rated, predicted to finish last in the Coastal, the CAA. Uh, last year, they were 4-7 and seven in the CAA. This year, Massey actually thinks that they will only win two games with potentially a third. So predicting sort of a three and eight or two and nine kind of record for Hampton. I'm a little more optimistic. I think Hampton, I'm going to set the line at three and a half for Hampton. So do you think Hampton has a similar four win season? Or do you think Hampton will finish on expectation and only win about three games? That's the question. Uh, now, here's what's interesting. Before before you get into their conference schedule, listen to the non-conference. They're, the non-conference schedule includes a neutral site against Grambling, Norfolk State at home, and then a neutral site against uh, Howard, uh, a game which they have, they have, they have owned that series. Uh, I, I think I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to say this when Erica was on, but I, I think the numbers are a little more daunting. I think Howard has, uh, or Hampton has, has won this series a lot more than I think she gave them credit for over the last decade. Uh, but I, I don't have my complete stats here with me, but I know Hampton's won at least the last three or four against uh Howard. So and, and then you get into conference and they're not expected to win any games in conference. I think they right. maybe won one last year. One conference game last year. Well whatever they it got was, somebody. They're not expected to win any this year. Brian this could this could very realistically be an over season for Hampton because oh I, 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 okay you got the doubles in front of you. Are they are they favored against Grambling? Uh yes. Yes, it'll be about a three and a half point line, three line. All right. Interesting. I, I'll be taking Grambling in that one. Norfolk. <laughs> Norfolk. Uh they are favored by about um that'll be able to by a touchdown. By a touchdown. I, I, I could see that one. I could see you being favored. What about Howard? They should be favored against Howard. Actually, they're an underdog against Howard. By a, uh, that'll almost be a pick'em game by at least a point and a half right now. Yeah, I think Howard beats them. I'd really do too. I really do not see them beat the HBCU. Oof, and, and that includes A and T and Conference. I do not see them beating an HBCU this year. And if they go, if they don't beat the HBCU, I don't see a win anywhere else on their schedule. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, they're about a touchdown underdog against A&T as well. Uh, it, could, uh, it could be a long fall yeah, in roads in the Hampton Roads area. Okay, well, Jamie, what are your thoughts? You you saw uh, – didn't you guys play Hampton last year? No. No. One uh, last year, I think it was the year before. <laughs> Miak might see. This is why. This is why I might be favor, favoring. Uh, yeah, they've never lost a Grambling. But I mean, what? How, okay, how how long is that Wait, though? It's not like they, 
it's not like they've – I mean, look, it, it, how, what's the series history, though? I mean, we're talking five games that were played in the 70s and 80s. I mean, are we really, you know, are we counting that? <laughs> I can't see the chat, but clearly, who's arguing with y'all talk? Because I already know. She talking trash. <laughs> <laughs> no, she always talking about Graham to buy 40. <laughs> Actually, she hasn't chimed in on this one. She no, hasn't. she hasn't. She hasn't. No. Uh, wait till we get to Grambling's win total, though. She might have some thoughts about that. I'm going under. I Drew, you convinced me. I'm going under three and a half. I, I don't know if they're gonna go winless, but I'm gonna take I'm gonna take under three and a half because I'm saying if they if they get at least two HBCUs. They then, still won't get the three and a half. Then they still won't get the three and a half. So I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be good. So yeah, yeah. Uh, what are you going, Jamie? Under or over? Yeah, I'm gonna go under. I'm okay, going clean, under. clean sweep on the under. All right. Um, let me see here. Any, any? Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> Grambling by twenty. There you go, Ricky Burton. There you go, Grambling by twenty. Sure. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break, come back, and now we get into the SWAT. The SWAT totals. This is what's going to set the world on fire right here. This is where people's going people's gonna to lose their minds when they see these. We're so. going to break the internet on this one. That's <laughs> the goal. That's the goal. All right. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Over, under, win totals for the season for your SWAT schools. Coming up right after break, you're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap right here on the Black College Sports Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Time to call a credit repair company to fix my credit. Hold the phone, man. You can do it yourself with Credit Versio. That's way too hard. Call the credit repair company. Most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time, making it slow and expensive. You won't figure that out for months. <laughs> Ignore him. Credit Versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus, finds the accounts that are hurting your score, and guides you through the entire process. Anyone can do it. Let's fast forward and see the results. Wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. T. Madden and Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden and Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and parenting education coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Thank you guys for what you do 
for HBCU athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for 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 all of us. This is our ESPN, so we we we, we love what you guys do, Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN. We really appreciate what it is that you got you guys do for us. Okay, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Uh, Brian Fulford, A.D. Drew, Jamie Walker. Good to be here with you guys. Glad you guys are chiming in, enjoying the content here. Uh, appreciate everybody in the chat room. Hit those thumbs up. Hit the thumbs up button if you would. If you haven't already, just take a quick little second, divert your mouse over there and hit that thumbs up button. Uh, even on Facebook, hit the likes up if you're watching us on Facebook. Uh, we appreciate you as well. So we just went through the over-under totals for the MEAC and the non-SWAC and MEAC conferences. Uh, just real quick, guys, any any total that surprised you? Any total put out there that surprised you? Of the ones we've done thus far? Yeah. Uh, I think Morgan State was the one that kind of shocked me out of all the ones that we discussed. Three and, thus- and a half. Yeah, thus far. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. All right. So we're gonna be we're gonna be a little quicker here, guys. So I'm gonna do my best here. Um all right, let's start over in the you wanna start in the I got I got the east all queued up. So I'm gonna start in the east. Cause I know that's where it's gonna be the most fun. So you guys are you guys are gonna trip out on this. Okay, let's start with Jackson State. Uh pre- um, now the reason I'm starting with Jackson State is because Jackson State is predicted by Massey to be the top team in the SWAT, to be the top team in HBCU football. That's the predicted rank. They are the 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 predicted rank top dog, according to Massey. Last year, twelve and one. Massey actually predicts a ten win season for Jackson State. Ooh. Yeah, I. Again, I, I think a lot of these numbers are based on your production from a year ago. Okay. Uh I'm not I'm not buying it, but I'm putting it at the highest win total possible. Now remember, uh I had North Carolina Central at eight and a half wins, right? I'm gonna set the line for Jackson State at eight and a half wins as well. Over or under eight and a half wins for Jackson State. Jamie? Wow. I'm going to go under, but I still think they win the conference. Wait, wait. Win the conference or win the division? You're going conference? I am saying it now. No, 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 no. The division. The division. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to give you an out there. I wanted to give you an out there. So that's cool. Okay. Okay. All right. Eight and a half. Uh, Drew, you went under. I mean, a two twelve win seasons, uh, back where eleven and a twelve win season, it's hard. To, it's hard to stay at the top. So first of all, 
this will be a down year for Jackson State, relatively speaking, everybody. Make sure I uh, emphasize that. Relatively speaking, off the success that you guys have had over the last two years. Uh, let me tell you something, Jackson State. A, you will lose a SWAT game this year. It will happen. Uh, I honestly think it's going to be game one because I think it's going to be the Florida A&M University. Uh, but Jackson State, 10, nah. Definitely, I, I definitely, just like I'm running to the bank on that Morgan, what, what was that line at two? I'm running to the bank on this Jackson State at 10 and taking the under. <laughs> um, I'm going, uh, I'm going under. I'm going under. I mean, uh, I, there's, there's no way. I, let, let's, let's, again, I've, I've said what I said, but let me ask you guys a serious question here. And this is for people in the chat room. Yeah, and I'm going to give you real quick. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Br- Braden, wow. 10 and 1. You know what? If that happens, hey, go to the bank, buddy. Go to the bank. I don't see it happening, though. Um, first four games out the box for Jackson State South Carolina State, Florida AM, at Southern, at Texas State. What is Jackson State's record after? Uh, on November 17th, after those four, after excuse me, September 17th, after those four games. Jamie Walker, what is their record? Their record is three and one. Woo. Woo. What is their record? After the first four? Yeah. I'm going alpha one and three. I am too. I'm saying one and three. Chris Duke says four and oh. Chris Duke lost his red loving mind. Speaking more like that, three and one. There's three and one. Dick Riley, three and one. Yeah, I, I, I'm more interesting. Oh, and four. Carry, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm more one and three. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, that that first four, man. That four, Lawrence says two and two. You know, hey, Lawrence, if. That if if they can go two and two, that is a win for Jackson State in my opinion. But let's keep so, let's keep something in mind, Brian. Uh, only one game actually matters of those first four, and that's the Florida A and M game. Well, they could they no, what, uh, what no, I got that, what you're saying. That, two, that's two, the only conference, the conference game of conference. that first of that first four. So. Jackson State could go one and three as long as it's the right one for them. If they if they go one and three and then one is against Florida AM, they still have a good a chance to have a very successful season. And I hate to say that, but it's it's a fact. Yeah. All right. Um, good point. Okay. So the second highest rated team. Actually. They aren't even the second rated. You know who the second highest rated team is, according to Massey? And this kind of goes counter to the win total. North Carolina AT is actually rated as the second highest HBCU, according to Massey. Does that shock you, Jamie? Yes. Yes. Yeah. But 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 in their conference, rated 13th of 15th mm. in their conference. But again, ranked, you know, second highest. 
among said something about the conference. Yeah, I think so. I think they're getting a lot of credit for being in that conference. Anyway, so Florida A&M is actually ranked third, according to Massey, uh, second highest in the SWAC. Um, I think we all know the expectations or the thoughts for FAMU. If Jackson State, I set Jackson at eight and a five, eight point five wins. I got to set Florida A and M at eight point five. I think it's only, and again, Central was eight and eight point five. You know, you either you either believe in the fact that, of course, FAMU does have a FBS opponent in South Florida, and so you're either buying into them beating Jackson State, possibly beating Southern, or you're not. Jamie, under, under. Ooh. I'm looking at the schedule. Gonna say under eight and a half. I think and, I just think the swag is gonna be brutal this year. I think AD predicted um, chaos and mayhem last year, and it didn't pan out that way. I think the East it did. last year. Yeah, it I did. think it'll be like that this year. Um, I I didn't I failed to mention. Uh, of course, last year's record was nine and two. Massey predicts a seven and four record for FAMU this year. Mm. A seven I'm and four schedule. I'm not. I, I, I'm too. I'm too like in shock to tell you who those wins and losses are against. Uh, but you can probably figure them out. Um, yeah. So I just felt like, hey, nine wins from a year ago. Massey says seven. I think the expectations are high. Um, eight and a half. Uh, Drew, what did you go? First of all, I'm going to start off with this. I think the home winning streak extends through this season. I think they have a very good chance of winning all four of their home games with Florida, Alabama State, Preview, and Lincoln of California. Uh, two neutral site games, Jackson State. And Bethune, of course, you know where my heart is with that Jackson State game. I think the interesting games are going to be – they've got the, – FAMU has a, has a pretty tough road schedule, in my opinion. Uh, obviously, you're going to South Florida. It's a winnable game, but the stars have to align for FAMU to beat South Florida. I'm not, I'm not counting that one in, in the win total. I'm giving Southern the victory over FAMU on the bluff. Yeah. So, that, yeah, that, uh, FAMU gives out the one. The one that that scared the two that scared me though even more than that because like I said, I'm giving them some Southern game or Texas Southern and Alabama A and M. Those two games uh, kind of scare me. Alabama A and M more than Texas Southern because they're playing Texas Southern coming off of a bye. So that would it concerns me. It doesn't scare me. The Alabama A and M game actually scares me. Post homecoming hangover, you've got a cupcake the following week in Lincoln of California. That's a classic trap game. The Alabama A and M game in Huntsville. Okay, Good but uh, go, going back to the whole thing, I do have confidence in Willie Simmons. I'm taking the over. I am too. I'm I'm th- I'm taking the over. This is the year FAMU gets win number 10. So there it is. All right. Uh next up, Alabama State. Last year finished six and five. 
Massey predicts a similar six and five season for Alabama State. Uh, so, you know, given a little room for a trip up, uh, I, I said put it at five and a half. That way, you either think Alabama State's going to do what they did last year, or you think they're going to stumble. Um, they open the season against Southern. Non-conference game. Yeah. Um, they have two SIC opponents. They play Miles, and then they end the season against Tuskegee. Um, you know, they have a neutral site game against, uh, well, of course, you have the uh, Magic City, uh, which they are a favorite. Grambling State is kind of interesting. That's a game that's about a, a pick em. Um, So, I don't know. What do you guys say? Over, under, <clears throat> Alabama State, five and a half wins. I'm going to say over. Jamie goes over. Drew, you go over as well. Uh, looking here in the chats here. See what people. Nick Riley says his sleeper is out. Mm, interesting. That's my, that's my sleeper team also. Yeah. I actually I actually have Alabama State finishing second in, in the East. Ahead of Jackson State. Huh. Uh, repeat season here. Looking. There's a lot of people going over, over. Six and five, a lot of overs here. A lot of ooh, a lot of people, a lot of people really bullish uh, on Alabama State. So okay, so let's go to the next Alabama school. If you guys are bullish on Alabama State, then let's go over to Alabama A and M. And I also set the line for them at five and a half. Now they were four and seven a year ago. Predicted to go six and five this year. I, you know, couldn't see much. You know, well, we know it was a, a down year for Connell Mayer. Uh, you think they're going to improve it, but to how much improvement will the Alabama, will the Magic City Classic game be the determining factor in who finishes over or under five and a half wins between <laughs> Alabama State and Alabama AM? Jamie, Thank what do you, you got? I think it will, and I think the hottest of hot, hot, hot seats would be <laughs> uh, will take place for Connell Manor if he loses that game. I think this is a this is a big year for him in general. But um, I'm going to go. Wow, I'm gonna say under. I'm gonna say under. Drew goes under as well. Drew, are you are you on the spreadsheet? Can you put the uh? If you're on it, and if you can add the uh, the results, that'd be real helpful in this in this thing. Uh, Ricky Burton says five and six. Uh, you can, Braden, you, you can't go even. See, that's why I said it at five and a half. So either you think they're gonna are you gonna go over, which is six wins, or you think they're gonna go under, which is five wins. Can't be can't can't split the middle. If I said it at five, I think everyone would jump on five. But you know, who wants a push? Who wants a push? Nobody wants a push. Uh, oh, this is interesting. You're seven and four, huh? Okay, that's a that's, so you're going Alabama A uh, and M over, huh? Okay. Um, okay. What did you have for Alabama State, Jamie? What for uh, over. Alabama State over over? Okay. Yeah, just making sure. 
Great question. Anyone who who is the QB at A and M? Is it still gonna? It's gonna be uh the quarterback they had last year. I I think. Um, what's the kid's name? Um, he was actually not. He was actually pretty good. I thought. Uh, can't think of his name. No, still got Eagling uh, Eagling in the backfield. Um, yeah. You know, I I think they have an offense. I think it's just a matter of the East being just that tough, and. If you ask me if I'm taking Alabama State's defense over their offense, I would right now. Um, I think if Alabama State has any kind of just consistent offense, uh, I think that defense rises to the occasion. So I'm not – I think they have a little bit over – which kind of puts me – you know, if you're talking about just those two teams, I think there's your third and fourth team right there in the East. Okay. Let's go over to Bethune Cookman. Last year, two and nine. This year, predicted to also finish two and nine. Uh, obviously, they have a new coach, Raymond Woody, and uh, I, I don't think too many people know about what else is in the cupboard for Bethune Cookman. And so, with that said, we'll put the line at two and a half. Either they have another two-win season, or will Coach Woody? Win a couple games. Uh, they they have Savannah State uh, at home, a Division two opponent. Uh, they travel to Memphis. They travel to the University of Miami in South Florida. Uh, they travel to Jackson State. They travel to Alabama State. They're playing Southern on a neutral site. They travel to Grambling. I mean, those are some tough road games, man, for Bethune. I'm going under. I, me personally, I'm going under. I, I'll I'll give him two. I'll I'll be that. I'll be that guy. What are you going, Jamie? Oh man, I, I'll be with you. Uh, and in <laughs> fact, you you know I'm a Division two guy. Um, uh oh, you think that's Savannah State game? That might, that might not be a, that might not be an easy win, huh? I don't think it is. I don't okay. think it is an easy win. Oh, Drew, did you just change your pick, Drew? You changed I sure your... did. Ah, <laughs> I sure did. Over. He changed it. <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> you walked off of it, huh? Okay. Yeah, because, you know, and I, I'm a, it's going to be a toss-up between them and Valley <laughs> at the end of the season. Oh, no, I think Valley <laughs> takes, be... the fifth spot, <laughs> takes the fifth spot this year. Mm, somebody put one. Wow. Way under. You can't go way uh, way under two and a half is like one win. Winless. No, it's yeah. winless. <laughs> well, here's some here's somebody with some positivity. You, okay, Ricky says they somehow they sneak a third win in there. Okay. Is that third win against us? Against FanView? Uh, you better not be. Better not be. <laughs> not even trying to entertain that <laughs> Not even just looking through here. A lot of people picking the under. A lot of people. Oh, well, not everybody. Okay. Picking the over, huh? All right. Savannah State, not to be ignored. Yeah, okay. Okay. All right. Everyone said everyone's recruiting dogs. Everybody's got dogs and until a dog gets hit. And then a, a hit dog don't holler then. So everybody's got dogs. Uh, okay, let's keep it moving here. Uh, finish out. Look, if, if we're going to give Bethune-Cookman two and a half wins, then Valley, who also had a two and nine win season, uh, two and nine predicted finish. Yeah, Valley, two and a half wins. Over or under uh, two and a half for Valley? 
<laughs> oh, you really asking that question? Uh, where could the third win come from? Okay, uh, let's, 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 I'm let's, pulling let's up the schedule now. <laughs> okay, now, now here's what's funny though. Against Bethune, UAPB. Bethune is a six and a half point favorite right now over Bethune, which is interesting. Um, they are only a field goal favorite over UAPB, so there's one. They're they're even they're an underdog against a Delaware State team, or excuse me, Delta State. Now, make sure you got that right. That's Delta State. Correct. Division Delta two State. power with Delta State. Yes, they're an underdog. So, look, uh, what about Central State? They're actually a favorite. They're a favorite to beat Central State. I'm going over because I'm going. I'm going to call this. It shouldn't be a shot, but if Valley beats Delta State, they're looking at two and zero going into the Circle City Classic against North Carolina Central. Um, and then that means all they got to do is win one more game. And like you said, they've got Bethune and UAPB. So it's very possible. Very possible. Um, let's see. Yeah. Karen, I like your optimism. Karen goes over. She's got four wins. Where's that fourth win at, Karen? Well, I, I need to see. I'm yeah, come on, Karen. Where, tell, be, be, be honest. Where's that fourth one? Uh, let's see. I, I'm, I'm just going to throw this. I'm just going to throw this out, Ryan. You know, last time, fam, you went to Itabina. You know, it took a fourth quarter miracle for fam you to come back and beat Valley it in Itabina. Uh, and, and Valley Valley is just tough in on that painted grass in Itabina <laughs> on the painted dirt. Stop it! The painted dirt. You remember the game when I called you? Oh yes. no, it was painted. The greenest green we've ever seen. I, oh I applaud God. him for doing it though. It, it looked like turf. I applaud him though. But I but I'm going over um for, I'm for I'm, Valley. I'm not, I am not changing that one. All right. You keep that. Jamie, what did you say what you were going? No, nah, I'm going he said, under. He said under. Under. Okay. So all right, here we go. Let's move over to the West now. The West side. Uh, these are interesting here. Uh, Southern, uh, seven and five a year ago. Uh, predicted to finish nine and two. Yeah, I said it. Southern's predicted to finish nine and two. So I think it only is fitting that we give Southern the same respect that we put Jackson State. FAMU and North Carolina Central with the eight and a half win total. Southern. Under. Jamie. Oh, under. Oh, under. Yeah. Jamie under. goes under. Okay. Uh, Drew, where are you going? I've got Southern losing the, the, the bookends of the season. I've got them losing to Alabama State and to uh, Grambling in the Bayou. So that's, that's two right there. And just a lot based, of people picking under. A lot of people saying under. The, the reason why you have to be careful with Southern, they have a hell of a favorable home schedule. Jackson State, Alabama A&M, fam. They got the gimme game with Lincoln, uh, California. Texas Southern, Alcorn, and Prairie View all at home. 
So I know what I put on the sheet, but I mean, the, the, the only true road game they have is UAPB outside of the Alabama State, which I've already uh, chalked that one up. And that's how I'm looking at the schedule wrong. They've got uh they got Bethune in Jacksonville. So but I think that's gonna be the game that actually knocks them that half under is where they have to go to Jacksonville and play Bethune. I think Bethune will sneak will sneak and get that game. Ooh, really? Okay. Um, all right. So they open at Alabama State. They've got the Jackson State game. I'm telling you, I, I'm they're they're an underdog, but I've I'll be I'll be taking I've got to I've got to beat Jackson at home. I do too. I'll be ta- if 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 Southern is a home dog, I'm taking that. I'm telling you now. I'm looking for that, and I'm hoping they're an underdog at home. Uh, but I don't. I think after Jackson's first two games, I, I think the line will switch, and I think it'll be closer to a pick'em by that time. Um, and, and and one other thing, Brian. Ten of of the eleven games of Southern play are against whack opponents. Say that again. Ten of the Ten of the eleven games that they play are against whack opponents. Oh yeah, they did that. Yeah. They did. They did that schedule. And Lincoln is the only other. Is that not? And, that, and that's home. And that's homecoming. I'm. You know what? I'm eight and a half. I got to go under because I think Southern's peak is eight wins. Yeah, I think I, I have them as eight wins. If it was seven and a half, I'm taking the over. Eight and a half, I think I'm yeah. taking the under because I, I, have I think that's. Eight. Yeah, I think that's just one of those games where you're looking at them and saying, if they, if the line were lower at seven and a half, you'd probably take the over. I agree with you 100% there. Um, all right, let's move over to Prairie View. Uh, matter of fact, Southern was predicted to finish first in the in the uh, conference, right, preseason at the media Correct. day. Okay, mm-hmm. so Prairie View. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't recall it. Prairie View. They they finished six and five last year. Second in the conference in the West Division, excuse me. Massey predicts them to again finish six and five. Um, we're gonna set the number at six and a half wins this year for Prairie View. Six and a half wins. Six and a half wins. Uh, over or under six and a half. Uh, Drew, you got the over. I see. Jamie, and, what you – oh, go ahead. I was going to say the only thing, the game that will determine the over or under for this preview team will be the opening game, will be the Labor Day Classic. I think that will be the swing game. I can – I I think that will go – I think that will go a long way, not only for the over-under for preview and Texas Southern, yes. but I think it will also be important uh, – in November as to who wins the West as well. Uh, so I'm with you on that. Uh, Jamie, what do you, what do you say here? Over or under six and a half. I'm going to go under. Yeah. Going to go under. Yeah. I'm, I'm going under, I'm going under as well. Not that bullish on preview on preview this year. I'm going under. Um, all right, let's move over to a team that I am bullish on. That's Alcorn State. Alcorn a year ago, five and six. This year, Massey predicts them to go seven and four. Uh, that's perfect. 
nice little split. A lot of people at media day were, were, were really geeked up on all corn. We set the line at six and a half as well. So six and a half. What do you think, Jamie? Over under six and a half. Oh yeah. Over. That's my winner of the West. Okay. Yeah. Drew, you've got the over for all corn. Yes. Yes. I've got the over, uh, Maybe off to a rough start, people may start panicking early, but I don't think they should. They should, you know, Southern Miss, possibly, possibly Stephen F. They may lose those two games, but after that, I think they can run the table. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going over as well. I think I I feel like I probably could have set this higher, maybe Alcorn at like seven and a half, and I'd still probably take the over um, because I think this is a a potentially an eight-win Alcorn State team. Uh, a lot of people taking the over, yeah. So, you know, in the in the in the sports book world, they we would we would push this number all the way up, Jamie. We <laughs> we we might meet we might need to, we might need to move the line to seven and a half for uh, Alcorn. A lot of people are bullish on. They're like, oh, that's it, six and a half. Yeah, I'll take mm-hmm. the over. Yeah, exactly. So, uh-huh. Um, okay. Uh let's go over to the G Men. Oh no, no. Let, let's before we get to the G Men, let's go to Texas Southern. Uh, because they're next up. They also finished five and six along with Alcorn last year. Just missed out. Man, that, that game at the end of the year. Who knows? Southern Texas Southern might have ended up in the SWAC championship game. Unfortunately, though, the predictions don't seem to be as high on another repeat season for Texas Southern. Predicted to finish four and seven. So I'm going to put the line at five and a half and say, is this a winning season for Texas Southern? Or does five and six again or worse feel like a step going in the wrong direction? I think that's what you got to think about. Uh, Texas Southern. And looking at their schedule of course that labor day class against prairie view but then they follow up with games at toledo and at rice and they also travel to grambling state and then they host lincoln from california i mean you'd hate to think texas southern might be one in four but it's possible jamie who do you got i'm gonna say under uh, I, I think they are a talented bunch, um, but I think everyone in that division has gotten better, including the the one team that I think finishes second or third. Um, that's a surprise. I think it would have been easier to pick Texas Southern to finish within those ranks, but I think they may fall back a little bit. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to say under. Um, Drew, what do you got? Uh, I can't hear Drew. You're on mute. You're on mute. I told you what that swing game was, with that yes. game being the Labor Day Classic. Yep. And the, I have Texas Southern at five wins. That Labor Day Classic would be the game that will push them to the over. But I have Preview winning it, which is why I have Preview with the over and Texas Southern with the under for the season. Just that simple. I just did a recheck. 
I, I, I'm right there with you at five. I mean, because the game, okay, so the games that Texas Southern has to win, in my opinion, in order to go over, well, it's p- potentially Toledo or Rice, uh, Florida A&M, at Southern, at Jackson State versus Alcorn. That four-game stretch. UAPB. Yeah, you got UAPB. No, no, no. I, I said the games that they have to win in order okay. to go over. Okay. The games. I'm I'm looking at that four-game stretch there in October to early November. FAMU, Southern, Jackson State, Alcorn. Four games in a row. I mean, so, again, what I just told you, if, if they lose the Labor Day Classic, and going to the Grambling game, zero and three, the rest of the season, hell, that 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 stretch of four games, I don't know where you're going to get over five wins. So I, I'm going to go under. I hate to do it, but I'm going to go under. Yeah. Uh, although Brian, I will say, I, I've got to beat Alcorn at the end of the season with Alcorn looking ahead. Alcorn with the uh, with the trap game between Southern and Jackson State having Texas Southern classic trap game. Alcorn, why would Alcorn be looking ahead? Oh, because they got the Jackson State game. They got the Jackson State game the following week, classic trap game. Yeah, but I think I but but Alcorn, I don't. Eh. Eh, okay. Just my prediction. Just my just my schedule right now. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're yeah. saying. Okay. Uh, let's go over to Grambling. I know eyes are. The eyes are real curious. Folks want to know, what do we think about Grambling? Well, here's Grambling. Grambling last year finished three and eight. Now, this is the interesting thing about Grambling. <clears throat> Grambling by Massey ratings could either go six and five or three and eight. Because they've got about three games which are like pickups. So I thought I'd set the line for Grambling at four and a half. And it's a matter of whether you believe is a is a five-win Grambling season with two-win improvement. Is that that's going in the right direction, right? Um but could they they could very well finish again with three wins. I don't know. So again, the nine is four and a half. Let's see what uh, let's see what everyone thinks. Drew, starting off with you. Oh, I've got I've got them with the over. I've actually got Grambling with uh, six this year. Hampton, Florida Memorial, Texas Southern, Alabama A and M, Bethune, and Southern. Yeah, it does help that they have two. Uh, what division two sub level division two teams on that Ooh. schedule? What two? No, I was looking at the. Uh, the no, they've uh, only got one. No. Yeah, they uh, got. I thought you said they had Florida Memorial. Who have they got on there? Florida Memorial is only a nine D one that they have. They got LSU as an FBS. Oh, team. okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, my mistake. Okay. Yeah, but they do have a favorable home schedule, so. You know, with Bethune, Alabama, A and M, and Texas Southern at home, I'm giving I'm giving them all of those at home. Along yeah, Memorial. I'm I'm going uh I'm going oh, Jamie. I'm sorry, did I did I skip you, Jamie, or did you already go? No, I didn't go yet. Um, uh, but okay. over. Uh, yeah, I'm okay. picking them over because I think um 
that's my dark horse to finish second or third, Ooh, to be totally really? honest with you, uh, okay. in the West. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Um, well, I've got I got seven. I got Grambling going over. I think they can get five. I, I think five is a positive, you know, direction. It'll it'll, you know, it'll it'll prove uh, some some positive. Like they go in the right direction. Last one, last but not least, UAPB two and a half. Let's see. Last year they were three and eight. Massey predicts them to go one and ten this year. Uh, the line is two and a half. <sighs> I don't think we'll know too much about UAPB until maybe the Tennessee State game. If they lose to Miles in week three, it's all out the window. Nobody will have any confidence in UAPB to pick up wins after that game. (laughs) So where do UAPB get three wins from? Jamie, what do you got? Over or under? I'm going to say under. Cause I don't know where those wins come from either. Yeah, Drew, where do you got? I got them over. You know, I, giving them the miles. I can see the beating Valley, and UAPB. I mean, they are going to they are going to mess up somebody's season at the end of the year between Prairie View, Grambling, and Texas Southern. They will they will steal one of those games. The most likely of the three being the Grambling game that they've got in Pine Bluff. But I just think UAPB is going to steal the game at the end of the season. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I don't. I can't see him going winless. <laughs> I don't know why. Under a rock, <laughs> you say dude. you don't know why. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm. But I'll take the under two wins. I'll go. I'll go two wins. Maybe they'll. Maybe they'll. They'll steal a third. They maybe might steal a fourth out there. Who knows? You know, anything's possible out there all right well that does it for today's edition of over and under and we appreciate all of your guys interaction here we'll post those we'll publicize them and put them out there um and kind of put them you know you know give you a chance to kind of react it has a lot of good reactions so thank you to everybody for your participation in the chats uh as always it's always much appreciated um jamie let's kind of give some final thoughts here and let's get ready to get out of here what are your final thoughts for tonight man the show great um erica rochelle thank you for coming on and listen the miak is still battling man miak is still is still is still there and still present so uh give them their props that's all i gotta say Mm, okay uh drew what do you got uh, just looking forward to a another spectacular football meeting. I mean, football meeting, football season. Uh, this this upcoming season. Uh, think the think. I think the BAC and the SWAC are going to be interested. I think there's going to be a lot of parity in both of the conferences this year. So, and then maybe next week we'll start talking about the. Uh, the Division Two conferences, the SIAC and the CIAA. Speaking of the SIAC, uh, coming up real soon, SIAC Gridiron. 
think is that the they, official name? That's, that's the official the, name. That's the official name. I think I, I, J, Jamie has the contract in his email. Just trying to see if he's going <laughs> to if he's going to sign the contract and be the fourth, or or is he or is he going to be like the like the writers uh, and go stay on strike? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, let me review it. Let me have my people look over it, and uh, I and, get, and we'll go from this. Had this had the attorneys get together and work out yeah. all the all the uh, all of the fine print, man. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. SIAC gridiron. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Slide Williams would be on there, and uh, Kendrick Hook, uh, better known as D two HBCU football guy. So if we add Jamie, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of show. We are gonna have a lot of fun on that, man. Hey, looking forward to that. That's gonna come up uh, on Monday nights right here on the Black College Sports Network. So. Uh, we're trying to fill up your week with some good content. So uh, make sure to check that out. Uh, again, I want to take a second and thank Erica Rochelle for coming on um, HBCU Nightly, of course. And um, the also another podcast that will be coming, X's and O's, that will be starting up uh, this year. Um, but again, the South by Southwest panel here. Go to this link here, panel picker dot sxsw.com slash vote slash one three six two one five or you can find uh not only erica or you can find i know myself i've retweeted it but um this is a very important uh uh opportunity for hbcus to be in a space that hbcu sports let me be specific for hbcu sports to be in a space that we normally aren't in uh, so their panel is called the Modern HBCU Sports Model. And so um, this is a, a great, great thing that Erica has put together along with Joshua Sims. And uh, I know we'll be talking about it, publicizing it more this week. Uh, you can catch her every Wednesday night with uh, with HBCU Nightly. I believe it's 9 Eastern on Twitter Spaces. Uh, what I, I call a radio show on Twitter. That's the that's sort of my way of describing it. So, um, but if you get a chance, go make sure you vote. Follow Erica. Send her a tweet or something, and let her know you appreciate her for coming on. And that'll do it. Thank everybody for uh, being a part of the show. Uh, glad you guys enjoyed the. Uh, it's interesting. Kind of take notes, you guys who were going through the over and unders. Write your own notes down. Right, keep track, and let's see. Let's see how many we get right and how many are way off um, when the season goes. You know, we'll do a a recap sometime later in the year, um, and we'll we'll kind of do that. Just want to remind you guys, you can now be a part of the JBN family by joining our uh, membership. Uh, three different levels there. Just go to myjbnonline slash join off of YouTube.com and go join. We're going to be dropping some uh, exclusive content their post-game shows, reaction shows, uh, other things that we're creating, uh, coming up with um, merchandise, discounts, and stuff like that. So I uh, want to encourage everybody, and thank you for continuing to support Jericho Broadcast Networks and the Black College Sports Network. So that's going to do it for this show. Thanks for hanging in with us tonight. For Jamie Walker, who came in and joined me for the first hour and a half of us doing this and then for ad drew for finding time after his busy night to come in and join us uh and of course to erica rochelle for joining us earlier great conversation 
with her. And uh, thank all of you. And that's going to do it. Guys, be safe. Take care of yourself in the heat. Hydrate. Stay cool. If you see somebody struggling with the heat, take care of them as best as you can, okay? We got to look out for each other uh, out here. Uh, and hopefully it'll eventually get cooler and we'll kind of get back to living our normal lives. So uh, we are two weeks away from football season. In two weeks, we'll actually be talking about a game that was played, Jamie. Can you feel that? Can you smell the grass in the air? Have the pellets from the turf gotten in your shoes? It's yes. close. It's close. To- <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Be safe. We're gone. Peace out. Travel light. Mahalo. But you know, you stay on hard.